Hello and welcome to episode 49. Your ears are not playing tricks in you. Gref is starting the podcast. Ooh. We have... Ooh. Pipe down and cheat seats. We are currently a member down. Unfortunately, Andy Stafford is currently on the injured reserve list. And now... He's actually hurt himself. It seems to be a migraine, or could be a bruised, bruised nugget. What infection? But then, could be that either. Given the well, weather in Sheffield. Well, definitely given the weather in Sheffield, he, may, he might still be on a boat, especially if he's going down Meadow Hall. <laughs> Singing, we all live in a yellow submarine. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> but to replace him. After the wonderful two weeks off of travelling around the UK, we have Panther Joe. Panther Joe. I'm not quite sure if he was trying to say it was wonderful because I was on holiday or wonderful just because I wasn't here. Um, probably the latter. Probably the latter. I wouldn't blame him. <laughs> <laughs> how are we doing, Griff? You all right? Yeah, not too bad. How are you? We're good. Yeah, I'm good. Good. It's good to be back. Um, good to hear the well, not 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 good to hear that Andy's uh, managed to find his way back on the reserve list. Um, he's uh, well apparently got stuck in the in, with, with some of the flooding in Sheffield. So all we can really hope from that is that next week we're going to really really push for a nice juicy Stafford story. Because um, surely if he's got stuck in the flooding, something must have happened. Um, I mean, it might just be more people whizzing in a bush, but you never know. Well, <laughs> every chance, every cloud, and all that. <laughs> every cloud. <laughs> Andy got stuck in the got stuck in the water. Buddy saw some people having a wee in a bush. You know, so no, it might be the highlight. So, so we need to always take the weather where you just play in the background now, just to play all the irony cards. Rest just there, like hold my beer. I live in Manchester; it rains all the time. <laughs> you be a peasant. <laughs> it's like that Bane mention where he goes. You you merely adapted to it. But yeah, we have the wonderful glove stopping, leaving not his wiping. kit at home. Not wiping, stopping, not wiping. Yep. I was going to say shot stopping, but you know. Yeah, that might be a bit of a point. <laughs> Leaves his kit at home, you know, that type of person. We have Mr. David Grant. How are you doing? I feel like we need to, I feel like we need some canned like applause that comes hey. in these people. <laughs> I, I think we're gonna have a fanfare when we have a full lineup. I think that the the saving bit's a bit of a sore subject at the moment. Um, thanks to Joe, um, <laughs> which we'll not mention on the podcast. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm singing soprano still. Um, good evening, Griff. It's uh, lovely to hear your dulcet tones again. And to see that uh, gleaming smile from the gums. All right, it's all, it's always there for you guys, always. It's my screensaver. <laughs> well, brilliant, brilliant. Well, well gents, we, we, we've we've had a, we've had a quite a good. I got a minute. You come back to me. You're taking over. I'm I'm taking back. <laughs> thank, you, thank goodness for that. <laughs> it's yours. It's gone. <laughs> you're the captain now. Yeah. <laughs> Look at me, I am um, now. <laughs> it's like that moment out of Mighty Ducks, isn't it? Now he's just going to draw full of C's. Like, who's going to have it next week? You can have it. Next minute, we'll stick it onto your front with no Velcro. Um, anyway. Um... It's going to be done like the Chance Cup with Mark Spencer's bag. <laughs> it's going to be Waitrose this year. They're going up market. 
The year after that, they're going for one of those Costco bag for life. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, it's just here the week after. <laughs> yeah, Ikea. <laughs> That's for the CHL. That's for the CHL. Yeah, true. <laughs> Really? Uh, uh, we're going to need an SOS in a minute. I was going to say, we started well, gents. We're certainly showing some deliriousness today. Um, it's been a weird week, an interesting week of hockey again. Um, Dops have been busy again, which is always good for us, gives us a nice talking point. Um, split points this weekend between Guildford and Sheffield. Um, Sheffield getting the first win in Sheffield, Guildford getting the home win in Guildford. Um, four points for Belfast against Coventry over the weekend. Uh, the Challenge Cup slots have all been confirmed, which we'll come to later. Um, or oh, the next Challenge Cup slot, still one game to go. Um, and a 5-1 win is probably the most astounding win out of the out of the weekend. 5-1 win for Fife in Kakodi against the Cardiff Devils. So um, some interesting results, some that may have gone the way that we thought. By all accounts, not the way that you guys thought last week. Um Glad to see that you, uh, the forming predictions didn't step up in my absence. It, it did one week, just not, not last week. That's <laughs> a fluke. Yeah. yeah. If, if it's any consolation, one of my predictions was that the first episode without me was going to have a reference to Panther Joe, so in the title. <laughs> um, but yeah, guys, anyway, what were, what were your highlights um, for the week? Well, my highlight would be the the Brett Bulmer goal against Dundee. For me, even whilst he did it whilst players were around him, I mean, I think the defence went to sleep there then the goaltender just went, yeah, I'm going for some a PG tips break. Or, in your case, Yorkshire tea. Thank you. It's no wonder he played for you for a PG tips break. Oh, is it Nottingham after all, so you know. I mean, no disrespect to any of the lovely Nottingham fans that listen to this, because some of them are probably quite nice. But, you know. Would you pass us a shovel up. now? Will you just pass us a shovel now? <laughs> and stop like, digging. I'm, this is about as much back as that maybe when he makes Is this the new Thomas Cook thing here? <laughs> well. He's be making some apologies to some hypotheticals Panthers fans at the end of the podcast today. I've got it written up already. Hey, look at some of the attendances. He's releasing a statement instead. Maybe <laughs> a tweet. That's it. Just make sure you don't like single out a specific block of, of fans. It's got to be the whole lot. Uh, it's going to be block 18. Oh, controversial. <laughs> I don't know who sits in that block, but who cares? <laughs> so, Brett Bulmer. Oh, yeah. Brett Bulmer. <laughs> That lovely fine gentleman that was terrible for most of the season so far. He pretty much went in on like a... a he's playing about 10 games. <laughs> he's still been terrible. Oh, God. He's been at our rink and your rink more times than we can say, yeah, you've been terrible. Considering his, his goals last year. But we'll go on to how he actually scored a goal. It was literally like a, a nice penalty shot goal, you could say. Pretty much deked it around the keeper and he went in. Except for the fact it was a penalty shot. <laughs> it really wasn't a penalty shot, but... It was as if it was like something you'd probably do in a penalty shot in the NHL. You'd probably say like, 
Harry Kane do it or something like that. To be fair, the defenders were about as effective as this. <laughs> like, it might as well have been a penalty shot. Exactly. I mean, they definitely went off for a Yorkshire tea break. Brilliant. Dave, I'm going to throw it over to you. So now. <laughs> I was kind of I was kind of hoping you were going to take it over because, wow. I th- you know, <laughs> let's just end the podcast there and then. How do you mean to go on? Oh, things can only get better, mate. Um, I've got two. I'm going to be greedy. Um, a few nice goals over the weekend, but I'm going to go to Lucas in Guildford. Nice bit of play um, with a good save in Monks, the mix, but a nice pass round and a nice finish from DeLuca. Um, so that's one of my on-ice uh, highlight, but my off-ice highlight is one that just made me laugh completely. The ironic twist of suspending a guy and within 24 hours making him player of the month by the Elite League um, with Valorant. Uh, just just loving the, the timing of it all. Um, just made me laugh a bit. Yeah, I read the uh, the thing of choose your player of the month and thought, I can't believe that they put Valorant on that list. Like, as well as he's played, you know, when you just don't expect, you've just read like his Dops report and you're looking at it going, oh, does, that, does that really say this player of the month? I think they've done it on who's won the play of the week in that month. Right. And then you just pick. So you no, go from. Because Kevin Ray win last week's player of the week. Next, last week's maybe in November then. True, 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 true. Give you that one. Thank you. Quite all right, sir. Oh, bravo. <laughs> so that's my highlights of the week. Um, go over to you. Yeah, well, mine, um, to be fair, finishing off the uh, the list of uh, goals from the top five plays in a week, um, mine is the Kevin Rain goal against the five Flyers. Uh, just a nice little move. Baffled that it's the fifth on the list. I certainly thought it was better than David Broll's. Um, but you know, hey ho! Um, nice little move on Emmerdal. Um, pulled it, pulled it through, and then just spun, slotted it straight past uh, past Morrison. So a really nice goal on that one. Uh, Kevin Ray really been bringing uh, some points recently. Uh, he scored two in their last game as well against Coventry, something like that. So you know, it's nice to be mentioning Kevin Ray a fair bit. Seems to be stepping up his game over the last couple of weeks, uh, and a nice goal there. So that's that's my highlight of the week. Um, we move on from highlights and we move towards the airport lounge. Uh, other, than, other than to finish off your airport lounge where I was one of the departures. So we'll go with me as an arrival, but we, ha- we, ha- we have had an, an arrival and a departure. Uh, good, Dave, to see, good, want- good to see the Thomas Cook thing at work and he's back in the firm terracotta, isn't it? <laughs> well, what can I say? Um, Dave, there has been an arrival in Belfast. Would you like to tell us about that? Indeed, there has. So, the Belfast Giants, pretty much on a decent run. They have signed a gentleman called Ryan Lowney. A lot of um, NCAA experience, uh, East Coast uh, League experience for Fort Wayne. He started the season in Slovakia uh, for Zvolen. and you look at his stats, and they're, they're de- for a D-man, they're, they're decent. Um, his plus-minus is very much on the plus. Uh, I think the lowest he's had is once his last season in NCAA was minus five. Um, he's been um, plus 22 
in one season. So he's mainly on the plus side. Um, And he looks like a guy that's going to get him um, a lot of of points in terms of the assists. He doesn't score many goals, but he gets a lot of assists. So, example, his last season he had 38 points, 33 of them were assists. So this is going to be a guy who's going to, um, you know, met, met the shot and it's going to, you know, provide the rubbish from the rebound. So I think this is a, a, a very good signing at this point of the season for the Giants. Um, bizarrely, though, they're getting, this, they're getting the results, but not getting the position, although they are um, joint top now with a few games in hand. It's kind of not had that dominant start that they had last year. So it looks like, you know, they've they brought one in. There's rumours of one going out. Um, there's a few names floating around. So maybe Adam Keith making a change to mix things up. Um, but if he's mixing things up with a relatively good start they've had, not compared to last year, but a relatively good start, then, you know, he's showing the standard that he's wanting from his team. Um and maybe trying to prevent any, you know, CHL hangover, although they didn't make the knockout stage, but being in that tournament for the first time and the highs of, of getting a win and, and close games against decent opposition. So, overall, I think this is a, a good signing at this point of the year, but I also like Keith's intentions. He's obviously not happy with something. He's making a change now. And from a Giants perspective, that so it can only bode well. Um, he's, he's calling the shots straight away without leaving it too late. Yeah, for me, it's, it does look like a pretty decent signing. It, it looks like he's probably going to be like a quick, skillful defenseman. So hopefully someone that will have the same work rate and speed as Ronka. Because on the ice, he's one quick, skillful player. And it's when you're watching him against your team, you're like, come on, someone, take, someone just lay the... Just stand your ground. Because it's just ridiculous how he gets past you so easily. Looking at all his points, 146 games in the East Coast League, 70 points. As a D-man, that is still pretty damn decent. <laughs> he was in a plus-minus of 21 as well, plus 21. And only 75 penalty minutes. He looks like he could be a really good player. Especially in this league, it doesn't look like it probably went as best as he thought it could do in the Slovakian league, but maybe it could be like a a booster, you could say. And he is now, hopefully, well, Belfast fans will be hopeful that he can help them perform to the standard that they really should be. Yeah, a bit of a a bit out of the blue, really, on this one. I mean, he looks to be a good player. I have to admit, in terms of the form of, of Belfast, I mean, they are, in terms of standings, you know, they're not right at the top of the standings. But realistically, you look at it like standing-wise, Sheffield are at the top, Belfast are second. Uh, they're, set, they're equal on points, and uh, Sheffield have played three more games. If you then switch that to points percentage, so Belfast are at the top with 82% points percentage um, I mean to be fair that's that's really not a bad start for a team that's wanting to make a push for the league again um, so one that maybe wasn't quite as expected in that maybe from the outside looking in it didn't appear to be the most needed or maybe didn't we weren't expecting them to make a signing so I have to admit when I saw this 
And they kind of at first suspected that it was going to be one where they've had a player come up on the market where they've, they've noticed these stats and thought, oh, actually, this guy can really help us push forward. And I was expecting to see some NHL and some AHL stats on there. So maybe not quite to the standard that I expected just from what appeared at first to be a bit of a random signing to me. But, you know, that that may be because I've missed something. I don't know, Dave, as I said, I've, I've I hadn't heard any rumours that they were going to potentially get rid of somebody. Um, you know, I, I hadn't seen whether they got any injuries. But in terms of what he will bring to the team, as you say, Dave, a, a good plus minus. You know, a decent amount of games in the ECHL. And generally speaking, we know that the ECHL is not at not at too different a level to the elite league. Um, plus twenty, plus twenty one in one hundred and forty six games. Uh, Seventy points. He's just shy of fifty points. Uh, sorry, point five points per game. Um, 50 points per game that'd be a <laughs> decent signing um, but yeah it looks to be a good guy to be able to bolster that blue line in Belfast um, and as you say, you guys say it's a good sign for Belfast fans when Keith is looking to make some replacements that maybe as I say from the outside looking in aren't evidently needed he's still looking to improve a team that are pushing 82% win percentage so actually a very, very good sign for Belfast and certainly a signing of intent to show we're still wanting to better this roster. I think there's one or two, one or two things also to, to kind of consider this. I mean, first of all, there could be an element of the, from a, a recent history, the Cantor effect of someone going out of their comfort zone because it's his first year um, out of North America, um, gone to um, a non-predominantly speaking English country, um, may not have just settled, may, just may not have fitted. So he may be able to get um, another gig in a predominantly English-speaking country, um, albeit with a lovely accent. Um, so maybe just that side of moves for the player. But from a team perspective also, like you said, you know they're pushing a, a win percentage very high. They've seen one of their rivals make a couple of moves in the defensive area and it's changed the dynamics re- dramatically to make them more tighter, more from a defensive perspective only championship potential in Sheffield, they've only gone and done the same. They've got the, the Monteith, they want to keep hold of it. So I think it's kind of a win-win situation for both player and team, but not looking to win, if that bizarrely makes sense. Yeah. I, I think it also kind of highlights... One of the reasons the the elite league is potentially bringing in the the, the changing rules next season, um, in particular trying to put a cap on the amount of imports, because I think it, realistically you look at it, Sheffield realised they needed a change in defence and so brought in a change, but actually that was after not the best of starts. Nottingham have obviously brought in a couple of players and they've obviously not had the start they wanted, but then also when you consider there's that going on and that has gone on over the last couple of seasons when you then also consider that a team actually two months into the season have got an 82% win percentage and they're still trying to bring in imports to bolster their, their lineup, maybe that's the kind of point where you look at it and go, actually, this trying to sign imports, it's making it more and more and more like a, a game with a checkbook. Yes. Because that's the thing. Because you look at the, look at teams like Fife, who, are just, as, just to pluck a team out, as an example, Fife, Dundee, you know, these types of teams, previously Milton Keynes, Edinburgh, these types of teams can't keep up in terms of being able to sign four lines worth of imports and have a couple of imports sat on the side. So then that gives 
the the higher teams in a lot of the more the richer teams essentially it then gives them a significant advantage to be able to go actually we're going to have a couple of guys in the sideline and also bringing people of the experience of so um Chancinski with the 500 plus yeah check league uh, games it's having you know i mean i know i don't think we mentioned it while she was away but you know it is something that allows in one facet the likes of dundee five manchester and them team be able to punch to the same way as the Sheffield, Nottingham, Manchester, Cardiff. So, yeah, it, it also it makes the coaches coach a bit more, recruit better, um, use the nouse a bit more, and not just go look at a couple, sign, you know, do your research because it could have cost you, could burn you in the end. It's like putting a wage cap limit on it almost, isn't it? I mean, a wage cap limit doesn't necessarily work in a respect of there are certain ways that teams can look to get around it so things like I mean you see it in the NHL quite a lot with the wage cap where where players are signed on like signing bonuses scoring bonuses and actually they get paid a proportion of their their you know their, their wage at the start as a signing bonus and then it doesn't count towards the wage cap you know there's, there's this that and the other that could go on to try and get around the wage cap whereas if you're actually just saying we're now putting a a, a cap on the maximum amount of imports you can sign is 18 then it's kind of saying there's that restriction without then giving the potential loopholes to get around it or back in the day the players partners got a job in the office back in the, well, the yeah super well, that, yeah that back in the super league days yeah that um was an example that i was thinking but i think well i i obviously wasn't here last week so i didn't didn't get to discuss it but i think it needs tailoring i don't think it's quite right yet because I think the thing is, it's it's a good thing to bring in to stop teams from doing like what Belfast have done, or even what Nottingham and Sheffield have done. But what do you then do? It's not unheard of across any level of sport where three, four, five players then end up carrying an injury. What do you then do in terms of that? Or if you get, like, obviously, they've got the with a potential for it to go up to 19 import signings for an injured goalie. It just, to me, potentially needs a bit more flexibility. It, it, it's going to have teething problems in the first year. It's going to need tweaking. Yeah, I, I like it. And I know we spoke offline, Griff, and we kind of, I think, because we, we like it. I think there's a couple of things, you know, for example, what happens if, let's say just Manchester, for example, find a guy and in the first 12, 13 games, he's on 30, 40 points. And a club in SM Liga or the DL snip him, snap him up. So, in all fairness, good recruitment has actually then would then potentially harm the team. Be a double-edged sword. It is. So, I, I think, like I said, there's a couple of areas where it needs to tweak. I don't know if Griff wants to jump in, but I think that's if they get the tweaks, I think it's it's a good rule. Yeah, I, I fully agree on that. Yeah, I fully agree with that. I mean, just remember, you got to play within your means. Oh, great! I love the way you did that. I, I I think it's a good thing. I think the the bottom line the bottom line is we've got to look after British hockey as well. So the way that they've done it in terms of how many players you can have on the bench in terms of imports is good. But it's just that maximum of eighteen imports signed at a time that I think just it's a good idea in principle because the thing is more and more and more you're hearing across the league the revolving door of the elite league, and whilst it's a bit of a poor cliche actually if more and more people are saying it one way or another the elite league isn't getting a great reputation 
No, that's the, I suppose that's the one thing that with all the players and all the standard going up, it's kind of that still, it's that teething level for the teams to get used to being able to attract and get the right. So instead of where before you just get some East Coast player, now yeah. you're getting AHL, KHL, NHL player. SHL. Sorry, uh, my apologies. Yeah, SHL player. So it's it's getting teams used to it. But also, what whilst we're on the subject, what I like is it's this the with my GB fan cap on. It's allowing teams to actually, if you're going to play four lines, you've got to play the Brits. Yeah. So uh, it's it's that I think you know, likes of Kieran Brown, I think will that type of player will benefit more because he's going to end up playing Sheffield, as in the Steelers, not the, the Steel Dogs. So I, I there's there's a lot of it that I like. There's, there's areas that mould cajole, and I, but I think it will be a rule that will benefit the league in the long term. I mean, I must say, I like how you mimicked putting a cap on. What can I say? That was some good acting. Always, mate. We'll have to, like, get a gif of that and put it on, on the pod, on the MFZ page. He's going to get a gift of Dave doing a little tip the heart of the camera. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get my flat cap ready for the next time. Brilliant. No, well, another player, like, before we move on, I mean, just sticking on that, another player, and again, sticking with Sheffield to an extent, but another player that I think will benefit from that is Cole Shudra. Because, as daft as it sounds to just keep saying the younger Brits that maybe aren't getting the ice time, Shudra's in that kind of limbo stage now where... He's a, he's a little bit older than Kieran Brown and Alex Graham. You know, he's seen Kit, Liam Kirk get that ice time last year, get a bit more ice time than him, not last year, the year before. before yeah. um, but get that ice time a bit more than he did. And actually, Kirk, like, so Shudra's a bit older than him. And he's getting to that point now where if he wants to make a full career in the Elite League, he's going to be wanting to push and break into, break into a roster to get more regular ice time. What that's doing with him in Sheffield at the moment is every time he's coming out on the ice, he's pushing and pushing and pushing and really, really excelling himself to try and make a difference on the ice. At times, what that's then resulting in him is he's taking a penalty because he's trying to take the, he's ended up getting that hooking penalty or that slashing penalty. And instead of traditionally a hook or a slash being a lazy penalty, what it then ends up being is actually he's trying to go after a guy a couple of feet too far in front because he knows the only way he's going to secure, secure some ice time is if he makes a difference when he gets that 30 seconds in the first period or the third period when they're up a few goals. So it, for him in particular, maybe Kieran Brown and Alex Graham not so much because they've still got a few years before they'd be looking to properly break into a roster anyway. But for, for Cole Shudra, in terms of what he's thinking, he knows that he's got to do something to get himself there. Liam Kirk got lucky with the time that he got on the ice because the Steelers weren't having a great season. We hit some injuries and there were a few slots that opened up. Kirk was given the opportunity and used it. Shudra doesn't know if he's going to get that same luck to get the opportunity. So he has to use what ice time he's getting right now. No, in fairness, the last two weeks, he's actually been getting a fair, fair few minutes within the uh, sort of the first five minutes of each game. So, um, you're right. It, it's this kind of it's it allows Brit players, <coughs> excuse me, of that stature, to take the next step, um, to really you know cement a career in the elite league. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, I mean, reverting back towards uh, the arrivals and departures. Does anybody have anything else to add on uh, the Belfast edition, or do we move to the departures gate? Go to the departures gate. Departures. So, um, 
Gref, you were the one that reminded me of this one, so I'll throw this one over to you. We've had a departure from Cardiff. We have indeed with uh, Matthias Sointu. He's his contract because it was only in a temporary deal has expired. He's gone back home to try and get a contract in Sim Liga or even the, the league just below it. He wants to try and get to break into one of the top five leagues in Europe. So, all fair play to him. He's looking at his stats. He did well in the Champions Hockey League for Cardiff. Got six points in five games. Staying well in the league for them. He's played... I'm just looking at his stats now. He's played a league-wise. He's played ten games. He's played seven in the Cup. In the Cup, he's got about six points as well. And then in the league, he's got four points. He seemed like a player that was pretty decent, to be fair. I mean, I'm guessing getting the, the, the contract to go back into Europe would probably be, obviously that would be a big one for anyone, but with the experience he's got now, he's probably showing some more clubs. I mean, it could be a bit of a loss to Cardiff if they get an injury down the line. I mean, they're probably glad that the that import rule doesn't come into place this season. It was it was one of them sort of shock signings in respect of it was on the back of the news that the goat was injured. Um, you know, Nathan Lyons. Um, but he kind of fitted in well. Uh, with the Devils and and kind of just just blended in, no Joe Martin, but he he did a great job, especially in the CHL. Um, but yeah, he wants that sort of. I think he wants that regular contract back in Finland, um, like you say, either in the SM League or the Metis. Uh, but you know, he's a type of guy. I'm lucky. I'm glad that Sheffield don't face him this weekend because you know I I rated him a lot. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if we see him, if he doesn't crack the SM League, uh, the Metis or the SHL or the Osvenska, I wouldn't be surprised if we see him back by one of the teams next year. He knows the league now. He's got used to it. Um, you know, maybe that trip to Fife and he's just gone, you know, enough's enough. I don't know. Um, but uh, I'll joke aside to his Fife listeners. Um, but, you know, good good player. Did a great job for Cardiff in, in sort of the short-term contract. His, his short-term contract. Um and let's just see what Cardiff do if they do get a injury. But uh, they've got a strong enough squad so far. So uh, let's see. Yeah, that's the key thing to keep in mind with this. I mean, as you say, he came in as injury cover. Cardiff started the uh, the year with a couple of injuries because Blair Riley was out as well, wasn't he, for a bit? Yes. Uh, one play. I don't know if that was if it was at the time when when he was brought in, but they they, they had a few injuries here and there. And he, he, he was brought in for Joe Martin, and then yeah. Riley was injured like a week or so after. Yeah, so in terms of like what he's done in the Cardiff roster, in addition to being, like as Gref's already highlighted, putting the points up on the board where needed and, and being that thorn in the backside at times, he was also a saving grace to Cardiff in that they actually were, were able to bring in an injury cover player with some talent and that actually made a difference in the game. I mean, a body in that respect to fill in on the third, fourth line would have been better than nothing in that scenario. So to be able to pick up a player like Sointu who could put the points up on the board as well was a, a big saving grace for Cardiff because obviously we know how costly those early losses can be when it comes to the end of the season for those that are trying to push for a title. 
Um, correct me if I'm wrong. Does this kind of fall in the same kind of issue that Steelers had last year? Was it was it Coy Easton they signed? On a, or I can't remember exactly who it was. They signed somebody on a short-term contract, and then he ended oh. up having to go back to Finland for a bit before they could then. I can't exactly. I can't remember exactly what it was. I think it was Kovista. Or was um, it even? Or no, it wasn't. It was the guy that that came up from the EPL. Sutton from Sutton. Or yeah, NIHL or whatever it was. He he signed on a short-term contract, and because his short-term contract ended, he needed to wait a specific period of time before we could re-sign him or something like that. I don't know. It's 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 something definitely. I know there was another, there was another one. There was there was a couple that fell in that bracket. That one. Yeah. Uh, for the life of me, I can't remember his name. Um, no, neither can I. That's going to annoy me. Um, but yeah, no. Does it fall me, under that kind of same thing? So Cardiff can't just now turn around and go. Actually, well, we, want, we want him to stay. Is it, is it a similar scenario where they'd have to actually wait? And I'd have thought they'd have announced it. If I'm honest, they they do tend to you know give the full picture. Yeah. Um, they they so they they said it was his choice to go back. So I'm assuming that it's a case of he wants a contract back home, reading you know from within the, the PR that they release. So yeah, it was Jonas Fredriksson. That's the one. Is his name? Um, but yeah, no fair play. I mean, it's going to be a loss to them. Um, you know, he did do a good job, but they've quite rightfully said they don't need the depth. That you know they already have that depth, and they are going to do. In one aspect, if they can keep the majority of the players that they've got, they build year on year by bringing in the talent, but keeping the core group. And also, they're going to have a good depth until Ben Bounds no longer plays for them. Because the other thing is, they're, it allows them that extra import slot, which nobody else can really compete with. Um, so, yeah, they don't need the depth per se, but I agree with you, David, that I'm quite happy that he's not he's not playing against Sheffield this weekend. Um, I think that's the positive that a Steelers fans we have to take this weekend, looking at the manpower on both sides. Um, and actually, with that in mind, unless anybody has anything to add, we will move on to the next topic, the topic that I think we all know is probably going to be the most time-consuming, shall we say, out of uh, out of the agenda today. Um, and that is, of course, the Department of Protecting the Department of Player Safety by not disrespecting the referees. Um, sorry, now, DOPS have... Uh, <laughs> Dops have been ruling. Um, they've ruled against Michael Davies and Mathieu Gagnon uh, for his, well coinciding incidents in the Steelers Manchester game, um, in which we'd have all ate to, uh, ate to be a Storm fan. Uh, and then they've ruled against. Oh, right there, mate. Um, <laughs> and then they've ruled against Mark Olivier Valorand as well. He's got a one-match ban. Uh, for an incident in the Guildford away game uh, on the Sunday just gone. Uh, I'll, we'll throw it to the Davies-Gagnon incident first, because that's probably going to be the one that takes up the most time. I'll, I'll just throw it to you guys as an open, what do you make of it? Uh, if you, For me, the days when you've got to be up front and say, and bear when I say this, it's a four-game suspension. The other two are the, for the repeat offence. So when you discuss it, take the two games away, it's its true value, it's four games. Um, so the slew foot, they've been consistent with that. The slew foots they've gave so far, um, they've gave one game. Now, I didn't notice it at the time, um, watching it live. When you watch the replay, they've, that's a spot on call, no issue, that, you know, there's, there's, you move on. The three games for the, um, unsportsmanlike, it falls into the, 
probably the most stupid category you could find on twofold. Now, bear in mind, for one of a better phrase, you've poked the bear in the cage. That bear is the toughest guy on their team. You slew-footed the bear in the cage doesn't really uh, have the same ring to it. It doesn't, no. <laughs> um, so you, you, you've, you've danced with the devil for one of a better, you know, and you've got, you, you've, you've had a beating, you've got blood. Ignoring all health aspects of this, to use someone's glove to wipe your own blood, why? I can't fathom out the logic. It again kind of goes back to the peg gate. It's not fathoming the logic of why you've done that. Why Why would you do that? I you know, again, we've all played beer league hockey in any way, shape, form. We've all come off with cuts, you know, from, from instances of either high sticks or elbows or whatnot. Oh, let me find someone else's glove and wipe my nose. No, in fairness, you probably use your own shirt first of all. You're on your hand and wipe it on your shirt. So you keep it to yourself. I, 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 when, when it came out and it was like, yeah, it's happened. Why? It's, it's dumb. And it's the second dumb moment that he's already done. And we're not even, well, we're, by then we're not even in November. So within two months, two really stupid incidents, which has now cost him eight games of suspension. I've no per se issue with the slew foot that happens in the game. If you do it, you got caught, you do your time, fine, no problem. This is avoidable. Like with the ped gate, it's avoidable. It's dumb, it's stupid, and it's just now. It's, I'll pass it on to Graf. I, I kind of laughed for quite a bit. Not for the fact that you said... A Steelers player got more more games banned than the actual Storm player after everything that went on on social media. But for the fact, the most penalties, the most well, the bans, the longest part on there was because of silly childish things. So you got Davis with the the glove, and then you got Gagnon throwing a helmet. It's like Two childish acts have just cost you like two, three games on top of what was already there. Although, personally, I did think Gagnon was going to get more just because, for one, I didn't know if they were going to say if he's a repeat offender, considering he's been out the, the league a year, and then with two the guys on the ice is still throwing punches I wasn't a fan of that I don't think many Manchester fans were that actually know the game properly were fans of that because I'm not going on about any of the forums or anything that I saw because a lot of that was stupid it was I, I, I generally thought he was going to get more and then seeing that Davis got more I laughed not for the fact he got more, but at people on social media. Because they were all like, pretty much crying wolf saying they were innocent. And it's like, well, no. There's a video there quite proves it. Especially the ones that were saying there was no sleuth. It's like, nope, there you go. Proofs in the pudding. I think the one with Gagnon, I, I agree with you absolutely in everything about its childish acts. 
we discussed it last night, Joe. Um, and I think with that, with the game one, you've got to kind of divide it by two. In one effect. The fighting one is there, it's black and white. The helmet one, I think it's more the league, it's the disrespecting the league in terms of the childish act. In terms of, you know, throwing your helmet and throwing it at someone. It's that, I think the league also made a, a bit of a, a call at the beginning of the season. If this type of stuff happens, we're going to hit hammer you hard because it's disrespecting the league. It's disrespecting the game. Um, so as much as three games throwing a helmet, you know, I, I've seen worse get less. I can understand some form of logic. Not that I agree with it per se, but I can understand the logic of why the league may have gone three games for the helmet. Um, if they'd have swapped it round, again, you know, on the conversation we had off offline, Joe, and you know, three games for the fighting, two for the helmet, yeah, it'd probably been the balance of it. Um, but yeah, I think yeah, if you've not heard, it's childish acts that have cost games for two players, and it's actually harmed them. I mean, in fairness, probably not harmed Manchester, but harmed their clubs um, in, in terms of player being down. I don't even know where to start with this. I mean, I, I just think... Begin <laughs> um, Finish at the end. It's hard to pinpoint what the beginning is. I mean, what just... You can the just see... It, you can just see it being... A highlight, like a headline in some international like sports article saying temper tantrum results in accumulative six-game ban in British hockey. Like, it literally was. It was just one player, oh, I've just been beaten up. I'm not happy. I'm going to wipe my nose on the player's glove. Oh, other player, oh, he touched my goalie. And then, oh, I'm still annoyed because I wasn't able to beat him up anymore. I'm going to throw my helmet. Just, just rein it in. Come on, boy. We're all grown men, like, supposed to be professional hockey players. Like, what, what is going on? The amount of it just baffles me. I mean, to, the only way to logically look at it for me is to break it down. And Dave, as you've rightly said, cause the amount of people that I've said to complaining about it from a Steelers perspective, saying it's disgusting that Davy's got more than Gagnon. Objectively, Davies didn't get more from than Gagnon for the incidents. So Gagnon got five games. He got three matches for the helmet throw, and he got two matches for the roughing. Davies got one match for the slew foot, three matches for unsportsmanlike conduct. So in, from that, from what has gone on in that game, Davies has got four, Gagnon's got five. So realistically from that, Gagnon has ended up with more games for in terms of the severity of the incidents that have happened in that game. Davies has then got a two-match ban extra, but you can't really take that into account when you compare the two. Because realistically, the, the two-match ban is just because he was an idiot a month earlier in Nottingham and threw a goal peg into the crowd. The one thing that baffles me about this is that there's so many people that I've seen that have been quick to excuse and have been quick to dismiss like the blame on Davies's part by saying he made a mistake. And I just think that doesn't cut the mustard anymore. I, I, yeah, I, I'm I'm perfectly, you know, there's no arguing that he made a mistake. I'm pretty sure he's not sat at home now thinking, I'm really glad I wiped that blood on his glove. You never know, but I'm pretty sure that's probably not the case. I'm pretty sure now when he's calmed down and he's sat down, he's thought that was really stupid. 
but I, I just don't. I, that just isn't adequate for me. How, no. how, how many mistakes does it take before you, someone, whether it's general manager, manager, or even a fan base, or even the fan, can go, that's one too many? Well, I kind of see both on the, on both ends of the spectrum. I, I've seen a very, very minimal amount of, in the happy medium. So I've seen like one extreme to the other of some Steelers fans saying he made a mistake, get over it, and laughing at the fact that he wiped blood on his glove. And then the other extreme of Steelers fans saying, oh, we should sack him. Now, I, I appreciate that one of those um, was, was somebody that we know and was quite evidently trying to fish. But I have seen other people say... He learned from the master, didn't he, in the fishing respect? I don't know what you mean, mate. <laughs> <laughs> But I have genuinely seen people, from what I can tell, with all honesty, wanting him to be sacked. I've got to ask a question in respect of throwing it to people listening. And if you're one of the fans, and this is not a criticism of your opinion per se, because I know you you respect your opinion, you're allowed it. But if you believe it's it's a mistake, get over it in respect of the blood. Respond to us, messages, and explain why. And I, and this is this is my rationale. You're using a, uh, a bodily fluid that could, without knowledge, and this is not a criticism, but the potential of illness and disease. And I'm not saying Mark Davis has. He may not. This, this is an extreme kind of purpose, what I'm saying here. You're doing that with a, with a bodily fluid that has so many ram- potential ramifications, risks, everything that comes with it. It, for me, myself, I'm just looking at it very much. It's in the dumb category. So if anybody does think it's a mistake, you know, just get over it, it's happened messages and we'll give the feeds you know, how to the end of the episode and explain why not to criticize you yeah but so i can i for me to understand but then to get the, the debate going because i i'm very much on the on the camp of now it's not it's not a mistake get over it. it's it's stupid it's dumb and i, I like you were saying i think davis will think afterwards yeah that was probably dumb that was probably a dumb move to make and i'm sitting down for it now yeah instead of play, instead of getting the goals i'm in a suit watching it in a box yeah. I think in terms of, of the ban that was given to Davies, I think they've got it pretty spot on. Yeah. I mean, the, the slew fought, he, he didn't take the player down. There was no real risk of injury on the play because the player maintained an upright position. To be fair, he'd have taken some force to move Gagnon. I know that Gagnon wasn't necessarily aware that he was there. Um, but I, I think that's probably about right. One match ban for a slew foot. We've seen a two match. Was it too much ban given out for a slew foot this season? But was that for a player that was actually taken down and, and obviously had the risk of? I think there was a risk of injury, but, but they've been they've been consistent with it being one or two game yeah. Yeah. Uh, So you can't complain with that. No. Um. I mean, I, I'm not going to lie. I, I imagine that the hardest thing for them to give was the the blood. Wiping incident because what what do you reference? What for what on earth? Do you, what do you look at? What what do you what precedent do you use or what can, what ideals do you use to go? What ban are we going to give for this? Because quite frankly, it's disgusting. It, it, from from a quite literal perspective, it's disgusting. He's wiped his blood on an opposition's glove. That's just disgusting it is it's just horrible um and i i just it baffles me i I know i've had people argue and i'll not name names um but i have had people argue one in particular i don't think should have necessarily made the comment he made but i've had people argue and say that 
you can't comment on it because you've not been filled in by a guy like Gagnon or saying, oh, well, he's just been beaten up by Gagnon. What do you expect? Plenty of players across however long hockey's been going for have been beaten and have been beaten a lot worse than that. And I have never heard an incident before where one of them afterwards has gone, yep, yeah, okay, there, there we go. It's not like he's just gone, oh, my nose is bleeding, I need something to stop it. I'm not saying he's skated around their eyes for 10 minutes and gone, where's his glove? Where's his glove? I'm going to get him back. But he's seen his opportunity and he's gone, ah, do you know what? He's just done this to me. Sorry, it. Have that. Just, that, it's not an excuse. <laughs> like plenty of players get beaten at home. There's plenty of fights and there are plenty of times where maybe one player gets a bit too overexcited, steps over the line and there's no need for it to go any further than that. And for me, there's no excuse you can give. It's petulant, it's stupid, and at the end of the day, it's resulted in a day in a player like Davies, who actually he's a very, very good player in terms of ability. And it's now ended up with him being out for six matches. That's eight matches already he's been banned for this season. Um, to look at it from from, the, from Gagnons, I think they've got it a bit backwards, in my opinion. I think five's just about right. I came, I came, I watched the video and said he'll get five matches for that. So I'm not necessarily complaining about the amount of games he's been given. I think it's a bit backwards to say three games because throwing his throwing his helmet showed disrespect. Fully agree that that needs suspending. Fully agree that that needs stamping out of the game. You look at the way that like a rugby player is with the with the referees in rugby. There is a lot more respect for the referees than you get for the referees and the board in ice hockey. So, yeah, fair play. You want to stamp it out, you stamp it out. No problem. But it just baffles me a little bit that you've gone three matches for throwing a helmet, but actually you've just sat on a guy, face down on the ice, gloves off, and battered him in the net as well, so he couldn't even make any attempt of getting away. And it took three players, including a goalie, to drag you off the top of him two games. I just think in terms of proportionally... Whilst I get the need to stamp out the disrespect side, I just think actually when you look at it, it's the Department of Player Safety. And for me, it shows a bit of a disregard for player safety when actually you're going, you've had your head caved in unnecessarily, that's two games. We've just been meant to look stupid, so that's three. Really? I don't know what you guys think to that. I'm in complete agreement with you. I thought it was going to be, <clears throat> with, it, with the punching part, I thought it was going to be more than two games. I fully expected it to be more than two games because I was like, even as a Storm fan, I was like, that's just breaking cold. You don't do that. No matter how annoyed you are and how frustrated you are, like, yeah, yeah, we're losing. Yeah, this guy's just come from, took you from behind. But as soon as he he drops, you leave him at that. You leave it at that, and then say next time they play each other. So like this weekend, for example, try and do it again. So you you were an idiot in, in your barn. You didn't stand up for it. Man up. Let's do it now. Yeah. But no, he just carried on. It's like when you watch the Ice Guardians. Terrific documentary they all talk about the unwritten code and that to me that breaks it yeah and i know that davies broke the code as well davies davies yeah. took in earlier on 
Um, again, a stupid move. Uh, to be honest, to be honest with you, I mean, with the way that he did it with his leg, I know there was no arm dragging back, so there wasn't the push and pull motion of a slew foot. But I actually, I, at first thought, because I didn't notice the initial slew foot on Gagnon, when I saw that he got a match ban, I actually presumed it was on. It was it was referring to the trip on Jin because he actually used his his leg to take Jin's leg out, and actually the reason that slew foot is so outlawed is because of the danger of banging your head on the ice on the, on the way down and it, it to me had the same possible effect so i know that he broke the code there it, but it doesn't really make you it doesn't really make you the bigger man does it at, at the same time no. as you say there's a there's a line there's a code stand up you fight when we were in um when we were in vegas we saw the vegas jets game and lowry i think it was made a hit on one of the Jets, on Alex Tuck for the Jets. Um, he made a hit. To my mind, clear head contact from where I was sat. You could see the shoulder make contact with the head. Tuck went down, went off. Nothing came of it on that play. Next face-off, Ryan Reeves, who's a winger, steps into the face-off circle as a centre, stands next to Lowry, goes, come and then sunshine, and they both drop the gloves. A credit to Lowry. Dude, and he went kind of head to head it wasn't a very long fight because I think Reeves lost his footing and then ended up with his shoulder pad over his head but um, you know fair play to Lowry he stepped up and he, he fought a guy who's probably one of the better fighters in the NHL that's the way it should be done like yes there's that code but all you've done is you've just mocked what you're standing up for principles then you're mocking those principles you've touched my goalie now you're going to get it but actually I'm going to go over the line as well I just, I just don't, I just don't get it. I don't get it from either party. And Infinity came out with a comment saying he did what he needed to do, which I don't necessarily disagree with. Forgetting retribution for touching Jin, but again, I think as a coach, can you really condone the fact that what your player's just done to the extent that he's done it? Yeah, throw a couple of punches in. Yeah, make it known that it's not going to be accepted. But then. With a ground and pound, I thought I was watching a UFC fight. Oh. I mean, Conor McGregor's not playing, is he? <laughs> no, not yet. He's been to a few Boston games, hasn't he? So you never know. Um, the one thing that I do think may have had an effect on this or may not have, but one thing that's relevant, and a lot of people have said it, earlier in the year, there was an incident with um, Connolly where... Um, I think it was Adam Deutsch from Nottingham, yeah. uh, ran into Duba. I, to be fair, I thought he was more of a Steelers player, put him into Duba. But um, next minute, Connolly's on top of him. Deutsch is face down on the ice and Connolly's thrown a few punches in. Now, one distinct difference to my mind is that they were glove punches in comparison to non-glove. But there was no ban on that at all. There was no action from Docs at all on that. And I think maybe... They had the hands tied a little bit to be able to go a bit further because maybe <clears throat> maybe in that point they may let's say they give it five games. What kind of precedent have they just set? That a glove punch on a guy face down on the ice is okay, but you take your glove off, that's instantly five games. I, I wonder if that's kind of how they managed to bridge the gap. I wonder if they've looked at that and gone, actually, we've screwed up a bit here, guys. We should have given the previous one a ban. I, I don't know. I. I <clears throat> I think Connolly should have been banned as a Steelers fan. I think what Gagnon did was ridiculous. And I think what Connolly did previously was ridiculous. I, I don't think there's any place for throwing punches to a player's face while he's face down on the ice. 
period, whether it's a Steelers player or not. I totally agree with you on yeah. that. So I have, I have two questions for you um, before we have any, like, well, before we move on or before you guys have got like, anything else to add. The first one is, we've, we've kind of almost asked it as a rhetorical question. This is now eight-game band for Michael Davies. If you break it down, it's realistically three mistakes, if we're going to use that word. It's three stupid incidents. Because, obviously, you've got the slew foot, you've got the blood on the glove, and you've got the peg throw. You're Aaron Fox or Tony Smith. How many more chances does Michael Davies get before, yes, in each incident, you'll have had a word, and I imagine that Aaron Fox will have had a much stronger word this time round and said, this needs to stop. But at what point do you actually go, do you know what? You are now becoming a liability to this team, and we can't afford to be having an import out for six games at a time. What point do you just go, see you later? For me, I'd, I'm thinking more of a last chance saloon for, for dumb penalties, for stupid penalties, Penalties that aren't part of the game in respect of the peg gate, in respect of the blood on the glove. So any cross-checking penalties, or the other ones, like Valorant's, which we'll go on to in a minute, um, they're not the dumb penalties per se. They may be dumb in the context, but not dumb as in they're completely avoidable, like the, you know, like we've mentioned already. So within, think, within, the, within the realms of play, not just completely... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I, I'm, I'm thinking... This is probably, you know, last chance alone for him for cut the dumb stuff out um, and uh, just go from there. And hopefully he goes back to the player that actually was actually getting the points on the board. Yeah, I'm I'm in agreement with you. I think he's probably been told, yeah, you're, li- <laughs> you're literally, literally skating on thin ice. Because it's going to... One more dumb move like that, and he's going to be like, right, you're putting the names, you're putting the, the club's name to shame. We can't have can't have that. See you later. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I'm in agreement with you guys. I think third and final chance, strike three. Um, yeah, I, I suspected that might have been the answer, but I thought I'd Ask the question as I uh, see what you guys thought. Um, my second question is, I actually saw quite a... I'm, bear with, because this may seem like I'm trying to say Davies should have got less and Gagnon should have got more. I'm not going down the line of, oh, the Steelers played it good and the Manchester played it bad. I, I'm actually in agreement kind of with the with the games that both of these ended up getting. I, I, I have no issues with the six and the five games. As I say, the only thing I think is a bit back, which is the attribution for the helmet throw and the roughing other than that I think they've got this pretty spot, pretty spot on but I saw quite a good comparison on Twitter between Michael Davies somebody referred to Michael Davies as almost like our Brad Marchand our, our little Connolly too but Davies has, has stepped in and shown a little bit more Willingness to go over that line a little bit more. Obviously, I mean, he's, he's ended up with eight, eight match bans, so... There's been um, no licking yet, though. Right, well, this is this is, this is the, the, the parallel that I want to draw, and I want to see if, if, if what you guys think this means in, in comparison 
to the penalties that were given out. Now, I'm not making any parallel comparison between the Elite League and the NHL. We all know they're completely separate, but, you know, ability-wise, the way that they are refereed, I, you know, I'm not by any means saying they're the same. But, first of all, Davies gets a three-match ban for wiping blood on a glove. The, the wiping of bodily fluids, the exchanging of bodily fluids is the key part of that. Brad Marchand received no games in the NHL in playoffs for on, on more than one occasion licking a player's face. And then my other comparison is uh, sorry, Mattia Gagnon gets too much uh, too much banned for sitting on a player, throwing multiple unpunched uh, sorry ungloved punches to the face of a player who couldn't get out of the way in the net and smashed his face wide open. There was blood on the ice. They had to get rid of the blood. In the NHL, Milan Lucic has just received a two-game suspension for a single gloved punch to a player's face. I, I, I just want to get your guys' take on a comparison because you've got one which is kind of similar to the exchange of bodily fluids and one which is similar in respect of number of games and kind of shows that threshold. Obviously, you've got multiple glove punches on one. You've got one gloved punch on the other. I, I just want to see what your guys' take is on if there's any relevance to the two or what, what you're thinking. I was quite surprised that you didn't get any, like, well, Marshan didn't get any penalties. It was very weird. I mean, if anything, that warrants the unsportsmanlike conduct. And if it's to go anything off like with Davis, then that should get a two-game ban. Because that was stupid by him. And then obviously he's a repeat offender, so slap another two on there. But I'm not too sure what, why it's different. I mean, surely anywhere along the leagues, going from the NHL to the major junior leagues, all the way over into Europe, to play like the DEL, DEL2, etc. And even over to Russia and KHL. It's, if you're going to put, you're going to like distribute your bodily fluids in that way you're going to cause that can cause harm to any player it's just wrong you just you don't want to see that in you don't even want to see that in any league I mean you you wouldn't even see that in peewee hockey because kids are they might not be as brainer at that time if they're, like, six years old or such. But at least they know, yeah, I'm not going to lick someone or I'm not going to grab someone's glove and wipe snot on it or something like that. It's, I don't I don't see why that didn't get a suspension. Um, with the Martian, well, not Martian, Lucic, the punch, I mean, that was a pretty good punch, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> But still, it's two games for that, and then you see what happened with Gagnon. It's like, okay. Considering, isn't the one of the docs people, isn't that an ex-NHL or yeah, NHL? 
Yeah, George Paros. Surely you'd think he'd be going off their type of rules, not full-on WIHF rules. I, I don't know what to say with it, really. It's just... And I the only slight difference is is that obviously the NHL have their variant on the fight, and it's, it's the fighting, and I think a few of us, but the fighting is definitely one variant that's different yeah. between the NHL and the IHF, which is why I, I suppose. Um, but what they've what the NHL have done, they've done they've kind of done the repeat offender type thing, because a lot of the review of it is he's done it before. He has a history of this going yeah. back over a period of time where they've not done it with Gagnon, but had they took the NHL approach. They would have, given his previous in Nottingham. So, for me, everyone you've you've said there, Jill, is it's just stupid. It's not like it's there to 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 get a, an advantage. It's just stupid for me. It's stupidity, and if you need to punish stupidity with games, maybe that's it. You know, you don't want to see a precedent of people, you know, under nines, under elevens, under thirteens, thinking, you know, what we've got a tough game. I'm up against, a, you know, I'm a forward, a first line, I'm up against first line demon who's getting my number. Let, how do I put him off? Let me lick his cheek. You don't want to see that as kind of a as a precedent and then something that, that, that inspires youngsters to do the same. So, you know, there is, I confess, I, I, because I remember when we, when, it, when we saw it first time, it was like, A, what on earth going off? And then, where's the punishment? Because that's not hockey. That's not even normal society, in fairness. You've also got to bear in mind as well, in the NHL, they have more, well, for want of a better phrase, they have that, that select few, like the golden children of the NHL. I mean, you, know, you could come up with a list of five, ten players that realistically would get away with something like that that other players wouldn't. And, and Marshan, to be fair, because of the pedigree of player that he is, because of the ability of actual playing that he has, is one of those players. You've got Marshan, you've got Crosby would be one, but David probably would see Tavares on that list. There are a number of NHLers that realistically, you take you take that away from being Brad Marshan. Let's now say it's Matthew Kachuk that's just licked a player's face. All of a sudden, you guarantee you see... Three, four game. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, that's the thing. To be fair, I mean, my, my thinking along the two was more a case that the, the NHL should have done something about Marshand rather than the Marshand incident meant, you know, pointed towards Davies. In, in, fair, in fairness, before, I know Gus got a point, but you, you mentioned about, uh, you know, doing something in, in terms of, you know, where do you start with? You know, Marshand's track record where he's got away with X, Y, Z of, of dumb stuff. Um, you know, it's, four it's, or five it's, it, it's, it's very much, you know, after the horse has bolted in type thing. So, you know, it's, it's kind of, you know, he's, he'll, he'll retire soon. Once he's done, we, we'll, we'll have a clean slate. Sorry, Griff. Uh, I was going to say, with, you mentioned about the golden childs of the NHL, especially when it's playoffs. They're not going to want some of the big names to get to be missing one or two games, especially if it's like in the, the actual Stanley Cup final. Yeah. Because... That's not going to look good for them because they're missing out on one of their so-called superstars. Yeah, it's true. It's true. No, no, no yeah, that was my thinking. It was more a case that they should have done more against Marshand in the NHL. 
I just thought it was quite interesting to draw parallels between the two. Um, does anybody else have anything to add on Davies Gagnon? Have we done that to death? Are we, are we happy with that? I think we can move on to the next one. Sound. So the, the other ruling from Dops of the week, and now there has been no further word from Dops in relation to Jeff Hutchins, which obviously um, you, you three spoke about last week, which baffles me. Um, there's no publication from Dops. But the one they have ruled on is Mark Olivier Valorand. Uh, the game on Sunday in Guildford. Um, I can't remember for the life of me who the, who the Guildford player was. If anybody knows it, shout him out. Uh, it was Owen Griffiths. That was it. Um, yeah, so Owen Griffiths, who's, him and Valorand have had a bit of a battle down the boards. Um, Valorand's taken it from behind his own blue line, skated down the boards, round the back of the net. Griffiths has made a hit. Um, they've got tangled up. Down goes Griffith. Down comes Valorand on top of him. And then in retaliation to something that happened further up the boards, Valorand's gone for the well, cross-check slash punch. Top half of the body, kind of across the back of the head slash the top of the shoulders. One strike. Head towards the ice. I don't think there was any contact made with the ice, but head towards the ice. And Dops have ruled that to be a one-match ban for punching. Um, uh, again, I'll throw it out to you guys as to what you think. For me with this one, I can understand people retaliating to um, slashes, hooks or stuff that you know impedes or maybe hurts. Now, I know Valorant has, has gone out on, on Twitter mentioned a few things. He doesn't defend. He's not said he shouldn't have been banned. He said, you know what, fair play, got what I deserve. He's gave context to it. Um, for me, and again, you know, no matter what level of hockey you played, if you do something in that context, you're going to get it back. The problem with Valorand, and you know, he's obviously recognise it, is is he, in his retaliation, he's put himself in a position to be viewed as doing something that's worthy of a ban. So it's, it's gone from being the retaliation to this is an incident that actually needs banning. When in all fairness, it's just a retaliation. Now, how do you wait for Griffin to get up off his feet and, you know, give him a glove punch, try to get him to fight, and it'll probably be two minutes rough him. Yeah. Um, so for me, I've I've no issue, per se, in someone, if you're being slashed and it's hurt, to respond. I've no issue with that. My My gripe as a hockey fan is if the player then puts himself in the position for Dops to go, let's have a look at that a bit more. Now, they've viewed that, that it was a punch, not a cross-check. If it was a cross-check, I think it would be more. I expected two games. I expected him to miss the weekend. Thankfully, it's only one game. Um, so, so, I suppose for me, the only thing, in terms of what they've viewed as, Dops have been consistent again, um, per se. And it's, I suppose the only crime is Valorant allowing himself to be in that position to be called out and given the punishment and a suspension. Uh, watching, yeah, watching the video over, it it pretty much it looked like he was going to do a good move in, to go into the into the Guildford zone, maybe trying on coast to coast. Then it looks like he gets a bit of a slash from I think it was uh, Baldwin twenty three for Guildford, and then Griffiths does the hit into the boards, and then. That, and then just pretty much silliness takes into effect. And he looks like he's going to do a cross-check. Actually throws a punch. 
in the worst place possible because the referee is right next to him, pretty much. Like, that's, like we mentioned before with silliness, I think that pretty much is another silly moment. It's, you, you, what you should have really done, yeah, you're going to want to get retaliation, but like you mentioned, let him get up, throw a glove punch, get two minutes for roughing. That way you're not hurting your team. And may, you're probably not going to get looked at by dots. Yeah. I think I think it's just pretty much silliness, really. That's just cost him a game. Which could... Might harm you guys against Cardiff. Might not. We'll have to find out on Saturday, but... It's just silliness. Yeah, he certainly is silly. And again, it's one where he's going to look at it and kick himself for it. I don't have as much of an issue with this as I did for what David was doing. Not, not necessarily because of the severity of the incident. For a start, he's not a repeat offender. He, you know, it's his first ban of the season. It's a one-match ban. One game he's going to be missing for. Yes, it's a game we could really use him in the lineup, but he's missing one game. The, the effect on the club is significantly diminished to that of the effect of losing Davies because he's obviously one game to six. But the thing that the thing that I draw a difference to, and the reason that I'm not as bothered about this as I am with the Davies incident, is Valorans was very much in the remit of play. He's not specifically gone after the guy. He's not, you know, anything like that. Basically, what's happened is Dada Slash happened prior to the video. He seemed to think there was a bit more that went on before the video, where there were a few more slashes. Um, he's wound up about that. He's carried on with the puck. He's been hit. Okay. He's still frustrated about that. Um, I don't know how I've just managed to set off Siri on my phone, so apologies for that. Um, but yeah, no, he's carried along the boards. He's taken the hit and he's found himself on top of the player. And at that point, he's got a knee-jerk reaction. He's gone with a cross-check. He's not gone out of his way. He's not chased the player down. You know, he, I mean, the one in Nottingham just shows at times how, how daft it is because he actually physically lifted the net up, took the, took the peg and threw the peg, which is just daft. Um, with Valorand, it's not like that at all. He's literally found himself by the player and a reaction at that point, spontaneous, maybe not quite the, the, the time for him to stop and think, what are you doing? You know, he's not, he, he's been right in front of him. And what I suspect is he's naturally gone with the cross check as what you would have done if he'd have come face to face with the player and he'd have probably thrown a cross check to the back or a cross check to the chest. What he's not clocked at the time is, actually, this plays face down on the ice. And the implication is, he could quite easily smash his face on the ice for that. So, I fully agree. I think it's daft. I think he's going to realise that he's made a mistake. But it's one that I can kind of see a reason to a little bit more than the Davies incident. Yeah. Um, do we think it was a cross-check or do we think it was a punch? Dave, you, you said you could see it being more of a cross-check, I think. As, as, uh, if you look at it in the video, you, you've got to got to look at it a few times to make a judgment. If you look at it the, on like one view, you would think cross check. Now, Dops will have looked at it many times. So if they're going to think it was a cross check, they'd have called it. You know, I'm I'm prepared to go with what they say. I've looked at it once. I've seen it. Done dusted from my perspective. <clears throat> if Dops have looked at it a number of times, they're happy that it was a punch. 
then I'm happy to go with that. It's not a cynical approach, just, you know, that's what they think. Let's go with that. It looks like he's going to go for the cross jet, but more of his gloves actually hit the hit Owen more than the actual stick. Mm. The sticks just stay there as if he's like he's trying to like bench press, you could say, on it. Yeah, that's the key. That's the that's the thing. I mean, I'd be interested to see how the ban would differ if it was a cross check. Um, I I suspect. Uh, for me, the, the distinguishment isn't too too important. I've, I've seen people getting hooked up on it. I've seen Steelers fans saying it was a it, oh it was a cross check, not a punch. This is daft. I don't know whether that's them saying that he should have got less games or if they were just nitpicking. I've seen fans from across the league saying it was a cross check and that they thought he should have got more with it being a cross check. My honest answer is I don't really think it matters. I think it's I think it's a game ban, regardless of whether it's a cross check or a punch. And I don't actually think it would be that inaccurate to say it was a bit of both. Because you can clearly see, as you say, there's that cross-check in motion, but also his fist on the top, so his top glove on his stick does make that contact across the back of the guy's head. So I don't think it's actually that far-fetched to suggest it's a bit of both. Yeah. But, I don't know, one game. I think he could have had two. I, I'm... I, I, I agree with you, Dave. I expected, from what I'd heard from people previously, and then when I saw the video, I kind of thought, yeah, I yeah. got lucky there that he's only got one. But I, I, I don't know whether you guys thought it should have been more, what, did, I, what you think, but I thought it could have been two. Two maximum. Yeah, yeah, two. I wouldn't yeah. have said any more than two, but I just think because of the implication of the potential for him to smash his face in on the ice as well, I think that that's the only thing I think that would have been that factor. But um, anybody got anything else to add on Dops, or are we happy with that? I'm going to take the silence as a no. Um, Challenge Cup is the next one, not Conti Cup. Challenge Cup. Um, we've now had the next kind of stage confirmed. Uh, there is one more Challenge Cup game at this stage, which is Coventry-Guildford. And essentially what that determines is who will be that that sixth team. Sixth team? Yeah. Well, determine, who, determine who's the home team in the, the playoff one game when it takes all type thing above. So if, Coventry, so if Coventry to win... So Coventry and Manchester will face off in the the knockout game to make yeah, the eighth sorry, spot. Yeah. Yeah, Coventry yeah. win, will have more points than Manchester, and therefore they'll have the home advantage. If not, Manchester will have the home advantage. Yeah. There we go. Uh, yeah, I mixed the two up then. Yeah. So it, but it's, it's then to determine who has the home advantage in the game that decides this. this the last place. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So yeah, the other the other positions have now been uh, confirmed. So I will quickly run through those. So we've got Dundee Stars top in their group with ten points. Uh, Glasgow in second in that group with six, and then Belfast in third with five. Um, five. I've missed the mark on that one. Uh, four points. Uh, Guildford topped their group and are top in terms of the top seed. Uh, they finished with eleven points. Uh, Cardiff was second with nine points. Um, and Coventry are third with six points. 
obviously Guildford Coventry having that one game remaining so their points will change obviously one of them has to end up with points um, <laughs> and then the last group Steelers topped their group 10 points uh, Nottingham came second also had 10 points but I believe one of their wins was an overtime win so Steelers won on regulation wins I think there um, and then Manchester were third eight games um, six points um, so as Dave says Obviously, the ones to have already qualified are Dundee, Glasgow, Belfast, Guildford, Cardiff, Sheffield and Nottingham, and Manchester and Coventry will face off for that last slot. Um, obviously, the only real effect of the game, as Dave says, is just to determine who gets that home advantage. But because I think Dundee are the top rank. I don't know if it's done on based after six games. Oh, yeah. Sorry, yeah. Yeah, because Dundee have made their selection as well. Because Dundee have made their selection. So, Dundee, so what, how it's working, if you aren't aware, is the first seed will have the pick of the eight teams. Then the second seed will have the next pick. The third will have the pick after. And fourth and fifth will just get the crumbs. So, in this scenario, Dundee have got the first pick. They've already yeah. picked Glasgow. They had to pick. So, it was going to be a live, um, kind of a bit of a nice... Rasmataz type thing where the picks are done live on free oh, sport okay. but because of ice time with Dundee they've gone to the league explained everything and they've agreed and they've allowed them to make the pick which they then did live as in a small interview after the five game where they've declared that they're going to pick Glasgow so Dundee Glasgow is in the first quarter final Guildford will have the next pick I suspect they'll pick the winner of the Manchester Coventry game and then Sheffield will have the next pick so let's just assume for a second Guildford have got let's just make Greff feel good about himself they've got Manchester oh thank you you're more than welcome um, that prediction won't be similar when it comes to playoffs mate don't worry not at all <laughs> uh, not a chance um, who's Sheffield going to pick are they going to pick Nottingham are they going to pick Belfast are they going to pick Cardiff um, I don't think anybody in their right mind would pick Belfast or Cardiff so I, I I think Sheffield fans get ready for another game against Saturday game. Uh, could be a five pound game midweek. No, that'd be that'd be fun. Um, but it would make sense as well for on this occasion. Logically, have the Panthers. And then yeah. what you have is a car, potential Cardiff Belfast quarter final. One of the big guns already gone. Imagine if Cardiff were to get knocked out of the quarters. Final Viola Arena. That'd be a shame. Yeah, make it very interesting. It yeah. certainly would. Did you uh, yeah. Last year. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Joe, go on. No, 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 no. Um, I presume the seeding then... Uh, yeah, I, yeah I, I looked at it previously and presumed they'd done the seeding on points, but then, yeah, as you say, Dundee are first. I'd, yeah, spaced on that. I presume it's been done on point percentage then. Um, I'm a point percentage or points after six games. Yeah, as a leveler, because the the groups with Cardiff, Guildford, Coventry, and Sheffield, Manchester, Nottingham played more games than the Scottish and Irish group. Yeah, it, I'm it, assuming it, it that makes one. sense on point percentage because I think Dundee are on 83%, um, Guildford are on 79%, Sheffield are on 63%. So logically, out of that, that then falls for Dundee one, Guildford two, Sheffield three. Um, but yeah, yeah, I I agree with you. I mean, for for sure, out of that, I would certainly expect Belfast Cardiff to be to be going at each other. I I can't imagine. 
can't imagine anybody else not. I think wasn't there a weird one where somebody picked Cardiff or something, or somebody picked a team that we didn't expect, but it was more a case of um, I can't remember exactly what it was. Was it, was it Dundee? Was, I don't know if it was Dundee. I was going to say was it Guildford? I was going to say Glasgow. <laughs> We're doing well. I seem to remember somebody picking Cardiff and thinking that's a weird pick. It almost looks as if they'd kind of written the, the competition off and then kind of gone for more what game is going to put more bums on seats. Um, I can't see anybody making a decision like that this year. Um, Dundee made the decision for Glasgow on the basis that they've played them and beaten them every time this year. They made the decision and then the following weekend uh, lost to Glasgow, which I just thought was quite a, a hilarious coincidence. Um yeah, I, I agree with you, Dave. I, I think Guildford go for Manchester slash Coventry. And I actually think, from a Steelers' perspective, that's probably the best result. Yeah. I think I'd probably I, rather I, have I, the Panthers. I agree with that one. On current form in, the, in them two buildings, I'd go with that. Yeah. Yeah. Home, right. leg, second, home leg second, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, maybe, yeah, let's let's not open a can of worms and have the home leg first again as the top two teams. <laughs> Just not even go there. Um, That's for another episode of my fans Sam Burley. Too right. Do you know what? We've not actually been doing the podcast since that happened, have we? That would have been there. Uh, no. Can you imagine how long that episode would have been? This going on the, <laughs> about the home leg on the first. That'd be some significant lengthy podcast there. Yeah. It certainly would. It certainly would. Um, to be fair, I don't think there's much more to say on Challenge Cup. Has no. anybody got anything else to add? Um, the next one that we've got, this is Dave, you wanted to add this one in, um, is um, not in relation to Michael Davies, however, has a tenuous link to Michael Davies as it is to do with goal pegs. Yeah. Um, like, would you like to elaborate? kind of wanted to throw it as a bit of a discussion. So the Fife Belfast game um, had a goal washed off for Belfast because the goal was off the net. Um, but Fife's nets this year are very easy to knock off um, their moorings, which is allowing the constant whistles, you know, constant breakdown in play. Um, now, Belfast, just ironically, the Belfast had the goal washed off on TV. Their owner um, has been campaigning and with, with evidence in, in his defence that there should be a specific type of peg used across the league, very formal approach, um, not a metal one, so it's dangerous if you're swimming in the crowd. Not a very <laughs> flimsy plastic one, which is easy and safer to throw into the crowd, but still may hurt. Uh, but kind of like a, a hybrid of the two. So it's not, you could just nudge off, but they will come off with fair force, um, which is unlike Fife, which is just breathing them and they're coming off. Um, and, you know, we've seen it in games in the UK, in Europe, um, in terms of you know international or U- European club competition, one thing you do see is, is a very formal approach to the the setting of the nets in terms of the the pegs and how everyone plays to the same format. And it's some of that you know in the UK. I know some of the rinks obviously we don't own the rinks in the UK. Probably apart from Belfast have a tenuous ownership because the the rink owners are the owners of the club. Should it be something that we sh- we should now have? As a standard, this is what you have. We've now got it for goal line technology, although some teams it always doesn't work. But which is right, this is the format of peg. So we have this formal approach to the game setup, and everyone's in essence on the same hymn sheet. 
I just thought I'd, I'd, I'd throw it as a, as a discussion to the group. Yeah, I think everyone should be. You are using the same goal pegs that actually don't come off as easy as they have been doing. I mean, it's happened. It happened quite a bit in our in our rink. That's now hard, hardly ever happening now. I mean, there was one incident at the weekend, which was quite funny because Manchester on Twitter account tweeted. Be right, BRB, just getting a goal peg sorted out, and then Belfast retweeted it and put CC at five flyers. <laughs> so that was actually quite funny. The shade was thrown right there. I mean, I think with five, the five rink itself, I think that's been going on for a few seasons because I remember Clemente used to do it up there an awful lot. But that would annoy the five fans so much. So he kept doing it. Because he was stopping gameplay. He wasn't getting a penalty for it. And he knew it was going to annoy the fans. And then whilst you're in it on a way on a way rink, what's best to do? <laughs> annoy the, the, the home team. So I think everyone should really, yeah, have the same regulation pegs that have been fought off for the children if they get thrown into the crowd. I mean, we have to think about the children. Just put that out there. Well, rumour then... has it we're also going to be moving to McDonald's paper cups for water bottles just in case Jeff, Hutch- Jeff Hutchins is on the bench. That's not even Nottingham. But they'll disintegrate, so it'll just be, yeah. Won't even hurt, yeah. hurt a fly. No, it's out. <laughs> I don't really have anything more to say on that, apart from, yeah, I think everyone should... It should be regulation for the pegs that are used, so that they don't actually come out the out of the holes on the ice. I'm trying to think what teams it would fully impact, because the majority of the teams across the league don't use drilled-in pegs. Um, Sheffield do, and Belfast do. I'm presuming. I don't even think Nottingham because Nottingham do a lot of speed skating on that on that rink and a lot of figure skating on that rink. So I'm presuming that they don't even have drilled in pegs. But I, I, I don't know that for certain. But I would say particularly Sheffield and Belfast are the main two teams that I would expect to have pegs that are drilled into the ice. Um, I, yeah, I can't see why not. I mean, because one thing is as well, is it... You then get if we if we say Sheffield and Belfast, if you've then got Shane Owen or you've got um, Thomas Duber that's used to pushing off his posts when he's practicing in the arena or when he's playing home games at the arena, if he then goes up to five, he's going to be kicking the net off five six times a game because he's used to pushing off those posts. Um, I mean, to be fair, you look at Adam Morrison, even as the goalie who plays in five week in week out. I mean, he's got he's got ECHL experience. He's got the odd game of AHL experience. He's he's a good quality netminder. And to be fair, the percentage of like top saves of the week videos that Adam Morrison's been involved in shows the caliber of goalie that he is. And if he's been playing in those higher up leagues, he's probably used to again having nets that he can push off the posts. I also kind of think, and I. I it makes me laugh when people complain about goalies pushing the net off intentionally and saying it's cheating, it's cheating. Are you honestly telling me 
that if you've got, if your team are uh, holding their own zone, let's say you're on a five on three, you're pinning on your zone and you've got a, a guy in the open back door and you can see a pass coming across the crease and you know for a fact that if this gets on the guy's tape and nothing's done, it's going in the back of the net. Can you honestly say, hand on the heart, that you wouldn't wouldn't rather see your goalie kick the neck post off? And if you're a goalie that knows that you can get away with it, why would you not? It's not cheating per se. It's, it's gamesmanship. Yeah. It's just bending the rule a little. It's it's a similar thing to throwing a, little, a couple of glove slashes into a player when he's got the puck to try and put him off the play. By the book, it's against the rules. But actually, if you know that you're going to be able to turn the puck over and probably aren't going to get a penalty for it, wouldn't you do it? Exactly. It's, you know, it's you're bending the rule until it breaks and the referee calls it. Yeah. Now the one the one instance in in, in that, that that where it makes a difference is when it then starts to impact the flow of the game because if it is happening more and more and more in a game then obviously that's when it's starting to cause issues um, and as I say I, I, from what I've just said about Morrison I think it's probably more a case of it's the goal pegs rather than it's Morrison intentionally doing it yeah um, does it then work on the flip side as well so example I'll give. Um, or two examples I'll give. I'll give one from the NHL for the start and then one from the year, from the Elite League. Um, the NHL, Penguins against Boston. Um, I'll not tell you the score. Not happy with the score. Not currently happy with the Islanders versus Penguins score either. Um, but I am. But Dave is. So. Oh, you're losing. Yes, we are losing. You can't After say anything. You lost to them the other day. After um, 16 seconds. Yeah. Um, By that scoreline as well. Yeah. Um, but the, the Penguins the Penguins Bruins game we came back from a 3-0 deficit and we lost 6-4 but Charlie McAvoy was skating in on, on net one of the Penguins defenders I've no idea who it is slid in to try and oh no it's the opposite way around sorry one of the Penguins players was skating in on, into their zone um, was about to get a breakaway it was one of those where it wasn't quite a breakaway got a bit of a forecheck on was starting to pull away McAvoy's gone for the sliding poke check hit the poke check and then as he's gone through he slid through and gone face first into the post ends up on the ice for five minutes blood all over the place got to clear up the blood net post doesn't really move or doesn't have a lot of give EIHL example Valorand in the um, Cardiff game goes up one on one on bounds Fournier gives the slash on the leg Valorand takes the shot and as he takes the shot um, it propels forwards face first towards the crossbar if if your goal has a bit more movement and I'm not saying able to move but if your goal isn't drilled into the ice and takes a good force to move do you then kind of also minimise the chance of injury from that whereas if a player's got to go face first into it uh, with some force for it to move so do you also get that kind of benefit from it as well in it being a bit safer for the players Centre, yes. I'm sorry, my Siri is going mad. I don't know why I keep managing to set off Siri on my phone. Um, yeah, uh, goal pegs. Anybody, anything else to say? We've managed to actually quite, on the whole point, managed to avoid mentioning Michael Davies too much. So probably, uh, well, now you've just done it now. Now. well, you know, I, well, I just felt like I needed to say it again. Well done. Thank you. Um, Another one that we've got on the list, another just thing to mention, is the Global Series. Um, 
headed to Stockholm. Correct. Buffalo, again, I'm going to go for a full house. Buffalo taking on Tampa Bay. Oh, look at that. Um, yeah, obviously, there's been, a, there's been a few instances of the game. I think, did Philly play in Switzerland? They played the warm-up game in Lausanne, and then they played uh, Chicago in Prague. Yeah, did and then we had who else played? Somebody played Ice Bar in Berlin, didn't they? Chicago. Chicago played Ice Bar in Berlin. I nearly said that as well. So yeah, a, few, a, few, a fair few global series games. But, you know, you see them a, a bit more in Europe than they used to do. There were a couple last year as well. Um, and there's now some talk of there being a global series game in the UK as well. Um, what do we think, gents? Do we think this is? Would we like to see a global series game in the UK? Seems a bit of a daft question because I'm pretty sure it's going to be a resounding yes. But well, yes is the answer. The rumours is Belfast. It's the 20th anniversary of the Odyssey. Yeah. Also the SS, the SSE, and they managed to bring the Bruins over. It'll always be the Odyssey. I guess yeah, it'll always be the Odyssey. Um, like the the principality will always be the Millennium Stadium. It's that same principle. Yeah, yeah. Part of definitely. Um, they so. Boston came over for the 10th anniversary, so the rumour is the 20th anniversary. There could be another team come over to play either the Giants or the Giants Select. Um, I, yeah, bring them on. It'd be fantastic. Maybe Which, don't bring over Boston, though, because this league takes more of a stance on the uh, exchange of bodily fluids, so Marshan might not be getting quite so lucky. <laughs> Imagine Mar- Marshan going up against Davies. That'd be interesting. Um, but, yeah, it'd be, you know, uh, twofold. It'd be great to see the NHL players on our show um, and it'd be good to see our players and, and I suppose a bit of a reality check for some fans actually how good our players are against the current very best as in the NHL best not the very best but that kind of level of play so and you know whoever it is it'd be a great occasion if you actually have the global series they might have won a game um, that'd be even better do you imagine like the O2 sold out two nights that'd be brilliant that would be, that would be pretty incredible. <laughs> yeah. I went to the LA v. I think you go to that as well, Dave? I didn't go to it, no. Um, you go to that, Greg. I, I went did. to the Boston game in Belfast. Yeah, oh, that was it. I knew you'd said you'd been to it. I went to the Ducks-Kings game in, um, in Leo 2, and that was an amazing arena for it for a start. But, uh, yeah. So... Kind of expanding on that bit. So let, let, I'm going to throw it as an individual qu- question. The ideal, not the one that would work the best, but the ideal global series for each person. And I'll I'll have mine last, but Gref, who would be the best two teams for you to come to the UK as a global series? Well, obviously I'm going to pick Buffalo. But then... To be fair, against... you need to have a bigger pre-season because you have no post-season. Way. Eh, I'm not going to argue with that one. <laughs> I can't really. Because there's no <laughs> argument at all. <laughs> no. You get like eight, eight seasons now or something. I'm going to say it's, it's nearly getting as bad as Steel's winning the Challenge Cup. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. 16. <laughs> ha, ha, ha. Get away, Griff. Go on. Yeah. Obviously, I'm going to pick Buffalo. And then for the team we're playing against, I don't know, because it's at least three teams that I'd love to see us play against. Obviously, Boston, and then Leafs as well. But then, obviously, 
Pittsburgh. I'd love to see him against them. Just so I can... Obviously, I get to watch the NHL game with Joe. But I also get to see... Oh, oh you'll probably also come along, Dave, but... Yeah. yeah probably, yeah, me and Motos too. It's like, like none of us would try and make the effort to go and see an NHL game and he... Oh, don't worry about that. It's Maple Leafs. That's not Penguins. Forget that one. I'm not going to go. I'd get to see what... I'd see Eichel and Darlene against Crosby and Jakey oh. G or Malkin or Latang. I mean, it's your favourite player, isn't it? Who, Latang? Don't, don't start me off. So, Joseph. That was very formal. Um, it was very formal, yeah. <laughs> There's a few for me, to be fair. I mean, the, the obvious one for me would be Pittsburgh Philly. Um, that would be the obvious. The Pennsylvania clash would be a great game to see. Um, I want my. I mean, I'd, I had another one in my head and it, it's gone, and I can't think of it. Were Seattle? Now that'd be sick, but to be fair, like not even a team yet. So no. Um, we, we talked about the validity of, of Vegas before being one of the teams that would be more kind of known with the fact that they were a recent expansion team. Um, I mean, Vegas against San Jose won't be a bad shout or some or one of those kind of Western side clashes. So San Jose, Vegas, San Jose, and uh, sorry, San Jose, LA or Anaheim, something like that. Do you know that wouldn't yeah. be a bad shout? Um, it'd be an entertaining game to watch, but I think for me it'd have to be Peng- Penguins Philly, so, uh, or, Pe- or, or actually Pens Caps. Yeah, that'd be good. Pens Caps that would be, be the other clash. one. Yeah, in fairness, I'd probably put that over Pens Philly. Skill-wise, yeah. Yeah. As a rivalry. Well, there was always that clash as well, though. Cros- Crosby Crosby and over, yeah. Yeah. I remember. I mean, mine very easy. It'd be the Subway Series against the Rags. Um, That'd be the the great one to watch, um, but as it, so that was the, the the dream one for the three. But what would be the best one on a twofold commercially, but also to really encapture the imagination of the UK market? It, so it's very much a commercial line. This question, but which game would actually work best to line the NHL pockets, but one that would be successful? So kind of which one would work? See, I probably think of like the likes of the Leafs, because you see pretty much around the UK hockey scene, you see a lot of people wearing Toronto merch. I mean, they may have won it, wore it for a bet, but you see a lot of that. And then probably, I don't know, probably I see a lot of like Chicago stuff around as before we recorded it, Joe mentioned, but also you see a lot of LA stuff as well. Mm. That's a good, yeah. See, I, I think, I'm for me, it's it's one of the two of the three teams, but the fourth one, sadly, you'd have to throw in, would be the Rangers. On the same principle, you see many people um, walking around in their apparel. Um, you know, these things happen. But commercially... The, the number that you do see wearing them and, and do support the Rangers or the Leafs or the Kings or, you know, the Chicago, I think would get the sell in terms of tickets. 
And I think from a UK market only, because obviously if it was in London, let's say it's CO2, people would fly in from Germany, from from Sweden, Finland, from France to come watch it. But from a UK market perspective, I think them four or combine or two again from two of the four teams. And I don't know if Joe has any other teams in pro in the mix, but I think that would be the one that would would be the good sell. And from a commercial perspective, would be the best option for the NHL. The other thing that I can think of is kind of players that have got links in the NHL, the players that have got links to the UK. Um, I mean, is Pelini's uh, brother's played in the NHL, isn't he? Or is it, not his brother, is he a relative of some no, sort? No, it's his brother. Is, is it his brother? Just traded to Detroit. So that, I mean, to be fair, in Detroit is Detroit won't be a bad shout then because they are all, they're another kind of team that are up there in terms of recognisable. Yes, maybe not quite to the same level as Toronto and Rangers and Chicago, but they are still kind of up there. Um, so having that link might not be a bad shout. Um, again, Philly won't be a bad shout either with Chris Stewart having just played for the Panthers and then signing for Philly. So you know, to be fair, I, I, I struggle to move away from Chicago Rangers, LA Maple Leafs. The only, the only other one, that, as, I, as I previously said, that you could throw in there would be Vegas, just for the fact that they're not as recognisable in terms of you don't see people walking around with them on hats and T-shirts that they've bought for five ninety nine from Sports Direct. But they are the team that, in, in terms of the hockey fan base in the UK, they're one of the more recognised teams now, just because, obviously, they had that start. They had the Fairy Tales inaugural season, you know, they, it's basically the, the the flip side reason for the Rangers and Chicago and Maple Leafs, obviously being the original six teams. Um, to be fair, Montreal might not be a bad shot either because Montreal always likes to bring a nice away following. So it'd be interesting to see how many fans they bring bring over to the UK. Um, but again, it's moving away from those original six teams. It's kind of the flip side reason for Vegas in that they're the, they're the newer team. Um, maybe a decent shout. I don't know. It's, it's an interesting one because it's the thing. The thing to stress, I think, is regardless of who's playing, a wide majority of hockey fans in the UK are gonna want to go and see that game. So actually, I think you could you could come up with a considerable number of pairings, and you would you would get the publicity, you would get the attendance that you wanted. And even think of like say. Kirky got a contract in the NHL with Arizona. They could probably say Arizona to come over here. Yeah. And then the the post the build up to it all will be about Kirky first English born draft yeah. player and it's like now playing in the NHL. That could that could be one of them. If Yeah, good, yeah. You could see it with a fair few teams to be fair, but the main ones, yeah. I think we just mentioned it. What, what about you, Dave? No, I think you, you're looking... I like the angle of, of the connection between the UK. Because the Global Series does have that who can we pick team-wise that has a connection to the city that or the country we're going to. So like this time, you've got Darling going and back Hedden. to Sweden. You've had um, uh, Patrick Lane with uh, Winnipeg going over to Helsinki. Yeah. So that, that continual link does seems to be the go-to for the NHL. Um, so maybe, you know, maybe uh, Detroit may get the shout. I don't know. 
Um, me, me personally, I, I, just the the romantic of have seen the Subway series in in the UK. I mean, they have. I know baseball this summer had their first games in London. They had the the Yankees Red Sox. Yep. Uh, I know there's two teams in Boston, isn't there? Yeah, I can't, Red I can't... Sox and uh, White. Uh, not White Sox. Is it the White Sox? Either way, but... oh, that's it. Yeah, um, but you had the the, you know, the great rivalry um, over there. So yeah, it's, it's, it's plenty of options for the NHL. But uh, ideally, let's just have a global series over here. I, like both you said, who cares who it be? Uh, let's, you know, when you get the tickets, and we, we'd all go down to it because yeah. it's the NHL game. Can we agree that in terms of for publicity attendance and best-selling, in the interest of the best-selling place for it to be, can we all agree that the best place for it to be would be Nottingham? Well, I was up in the Sky Dome. What, Viola Arena? <laughs> New Jersey versus Cardiff. I know, I can see all those New Jersey fans stood in Block 13 now. <laughs> <laughs> they'll be Block 6. Obviously, obviously, there's a limited number of uh, number of places. The only other, well, I, I mean, ideally, actually, that being said, ideally, as we've said previously, it would be the O2. But if we're going off just current hockey venues in the UK, there's, there's, there's four venues. There's yeah. four venues. There's Belfast, there's Sheffield, there's Nottingham, there's London. Yeah. The O2. That's it. There's no, uh, there's nowhere else. Even if, a you ten- take, if you take London out of that, though, realistically, you, I'd be hazarding towards. I'd be hazarding towards. Nottingham out of Sheffield, Nottingham and Belfast. Yeah, it's either or, you know, if you toss a coin with that one, because it depends what shows put on. Because I can't imagine if you had, let's just say Sheffield held an NHL game, I can't imagine they wouldn't put a show on. It wouldn't be just pay your money, come to the game and go away. They'd have something like the preseason game, but something a bit more elaborate, a bit more, because, you know, it's the NHL, there'd be more stalls and more everything. It would be a, a wonderful fan zone, potentially. But any travelling fans might not want to use their credit or debit cards when they come to Sheffield Arena. Um, so the cashless system might not go, go down too well. Apart from tonight with the fact he was cash. Oh. <laughs> yeah, this is this right. We, this is this is funny, this one, yeah. I, go on. I even intentionally segue into this, but um obviously today and the reason that Andy is not with us is because of the flooding that's been happening in Sheffield. Um, apparently we don't get enough rain to be able to cope with rain. And so that resulted in major flooding in, in a lot of places. Um, I think it resulted in Dave having a nice commute home, which should have been about 15 minutes. Is that right? My, my commute was about 10 or minutes. It was nearly 40 minutes. Uh, friends of mine was like two and a half, three hours, which is like 20 minutes. Um, so, you know, it hit hard on commutes. It's, uh, um, I mean, where I work personally, we're bang on the bank of the River Don. Um, so when we were keeping looking over and seeing the water get higher and higher, and then you get Snapchats from the one near Meadowall getting higher and higher, and the water just touching the bridge where you walk across, it's like, yes, I think there's a bit of water there, and I think this could be problematic. Um, and in all kinds, I've just been checking, the, there's people still stuck because it's safe for them to be stuck in Meadowall overnight than actually be able to go home. Um so it's it's not been uh, the best of days queuing uh, around Sheffield. Think you get a metal hole locking? Do you think they keep weather spoons open? No, they wouldn't have a license. I <laughs> <laughs> wasn't being legitimately serious. No, was I? <laughs> um, 
The but toughest yeah, one, the I'll, toughest I'll, one I'll, counterfeit Jägermeister. Striker. No, 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 they probably put the real stuff out because it's, you know, it's not what yeah. life sounds. Yeah. Red Show Night, remember some of this? <laughs> Brilliant. But no, um, I, because of all that, I mean, Meadow Hall was supposed to have their Meadow Hall Love Christmas concert or something tonight. Um, they decided with about an hour and a half to go that they were going to cancel that. Um, great forward planning. I saw a lot of people complaining about that on Twitter saying, um, it's not like they had any, or oh, they had no forewarning. All this flooding just suddenly appeared. Like it was not like it's been torrential rainfall all, all, all day. Um, but the more amusing result out of the lot, the Sheffield Arena, Fly DSA, have um, opted to stay open and continue with the the concert that was going ahead tonight. No idea what it was. This How, nice. Oh, was it? Oh. Yes. Fair play. Um, <laughs> Sounds so disappointed. I just didn't know what else I could add. I was like, okay, I was going to come out with some other comment. I thought there's actually nothing else I could say to that. Um, but presumably, as a tragic result of the rain, um, the cashless system is unable to operate, and so they will have to take cash on the car park. Um, so if that answers any fans' questions, no, you do not have to just abstain from parking in the car park or get free parking when the system goes down. Quite like I said, the fix is quite easy. When the system goes down, they pay cash. Islanders have just scored again, haven't they, Dave? Thanks for that. Great. <laughs> Cal Cotterblock. Short-handed. It's Malkin's like second game back. It's fine. Um, yeah, I mean, well, to be fair, I, I don't think we have anything else to add to cashless or global series as just bring the global series to the UK. We'll find a venue. We'll have some. We'll have a great time. Just get it we'll, over, NHL. We'll let you pay mess- Stop messing around. Just get it over here. To be fair, I think we do need Matt Murray to come over here just so we can't send Snapchats to Joel then. I mean, not like we ever did that in Slovakia. Been there, done that twice. Yeah, Jared McCann as well. Um, he got he got it twice in a Penguins and a Canada shirt. Yeah. I, I think we need we need to get Matt Murray over here to show him the delights of British hockey with his Scottish heritage. Um, nice trip to Kilcardine. Imagine seeing that. Where's <laughs> suddenly going? Oh, who's gonna who's gonna play in goal for uh, GB? We've only got Ben Bounds, and then all of a sudden Matt Murray pulls the jersey over his head. <laughs> Never gonna happen. That, that is that is not even a pipe dream. That's just the ironic suggestion. But um, yeah, moving on. Uh, the other thing, similar kind of grounds i guess to the global series uh it's reared its head again it usually does it's usually a load of rubbish but it makes a good talking point um i saw an article dated a few days ago about the khl potentially coming to the uk what do we think it's been talked about for years um in london loads of uh, russian oligarchs who can uh, pump the money into a team? Um, it's. I think it's now the stage of I'll will believe it when I see it. Um, just it's spoken so many times. Um, the KHL, for all its faults, and if you listen to other podcasts, you will hear their faults. Um, we are not getting involved in that in the slightest. Not at all. Cause it's not a big deal. Um, 
they like to expand. They like to go out of the of the Russian border. So they've got team in Belarus, Latvia, and they have had teams in the Czech Republic. They have had teams in Slovakia. Um, they have one in Finland. Uh, they bought the 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 fabled franchise Jokerit. Um So they like to go out of the way. They 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 was meant to have a franchise in Milan. China. Uh, China, yes, of course. I'm, I'm just thinking on the west side, the east side. Yeah, of course. Uh, Kazakhstan and, and China. So they like to go out of of the norms uh, and whatnot. And London is a, I think that could pop, kind of be that the new Milan in respect of it's the fashionable place to take the KHL to. Um, now, interesting that they had their version of the Global Series in Vienna last year. Now, I wouldn't be surprised in a couple of years' time that the KHL have their Global Series in London. Test the waters, see who'd want to go. And have a random guy sat in the middle of the ice playing guitar. Why not? <laughs> you say it's a bad thing. Says no, I Says the man who plays a guitar. Um, it could be me. No. It could be that random guy. <laughs> you, well, yeah. So I, I, I think... I can't see it happening in the next three or four years. But I can see a global version of it um, happening. I... Personally, I don't really see it happening in in London, uh, in the UK, to be fair. Just for one reason, travel. I mean, you got some Russian teams that travel for nine hours just to go to one up the other end of Russia to play against them. And so if that's a team that's in your own country and you're traveling nine hours, what's going be, gonna to be like if you're traveling to London? It's, well, Moscow's only it's, three hours away, isn't it? Exactly. It's like, so I think it's probably one of them teams that came over and played GB. The uh, Living Dosgod? Yeah, I think they're Torpedo. quite. Sorry? Torpedo. Yeah, them. Yeah, them. <laughs> it's a lot easier to say than Living Dosgod. <laughs> Uh, reading some articles as well on, online about players that have played in there, some of the the towns that they play in, they're like no-go areas. So it's like, can you really see like the London team getting any following on away days? Are you going to play on the other team in like Siberia or something? Um, Omsk. Mm. Omsk, who played the Steelers many, many years ago in the, the Continental Cup? Many, many years ago. Um, but in, in fairness, I don't think a lot of the teams kind of the stretch travel don't have the away fans. Um, you know, you kind of only got like, you know, St. Petersburg, Yaroslavl, the Moscow regional teams uh, and Jokovic because it's easy to get to on the ferry. They're the ones that have some form of, um, of away fan. But on the on the, um, the the East Coast, you'll have like, um, the... Um, I can't remember the name. That, um, one, one, there's a couple of teams that are very close by. It's kind of like the, the Siberian end um, derby where they have the away fan, but that's it. So the, it's kind of more just get the get the home full. And if there's, if there's someone who's an away fan, that's like an added bonus. Um, Can you imagine the away travel from London to uh, Kunlun Red Stars in China? BA flight to Beijing, yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. So, but Especially I, you if you've got like annual leave what's in. Because you're like, yeah, coming back the next day. Jet lag, you're going to hurt. 
<laughs> I can vouch for that right now. Yeah, I've, I've done it before, yeah. I um, was wasn't it rumored before? I, I mean, I'm, I'm presuming very very thinly rumored, but wasn't it rumored before that the KHL team in London was it was looking at being owned by Neil Black? I think that was the Elite League one was going to be Neil Black. Well, I heard I heard the Elite League one being Neil Black, and then I heard somebody saying that it was that the the KHL one was going to. I mean, to be fair, I, I can't. I'm with Gref. I I can't see it happening. I don't think that. I just. Uh, there's it. There's enough. I run- think logistically, I don't think it'll work. I, I think that they may play more regular games over here. There's enough Russian money. I, in London for I think it to work which is why I think it would um, yeah you've got uh, Roman Abramovich, Abramovich who owns there's, there's a lot of Russian billionaires and businessmen that actually are based in London I wouldn't be surprised if we went down the, the NFL just, sorry to interrupt Joe where they play the games on a number of basis so a number of years constantly to build that vibe of the games over in London where I think within the next two years there's going to be an, an NFL franchise actually in London yeah. Uh, so I, I'm surprised if they did it that way. So that's why I'm saying their global series, like they had in Vienna, they play it in London and just see what the taste is, what the vibe is, um, like the NHL did with the preseason games in Beijing. Mm. So I, I I can see it working, if I'm honest. Um, I'd like it to work. I I just think it'd be I think like a, even now they've been talking about it for five years. I still think now it's a five ten year project. Yeah. I'd like it to work. I think I, I saw somebody the other day when I saw the, the the article and they said they hope it doesn't happen. And I was like, well, you know, I, I don't think it'd have that much of a knock on effect on the Elite League. And I think actually, why not give us a chance to go and see the odd game in uh... You'd lose some players. So like Bounds would end up moving because you've got to have so many of uh, like, like a, a wage so not wage an import limit, but reverse. So you've got to have a minimum from your country. So yeah. like Finland have to have so many Finnish players. Uh, Slovakia had to have so many Slovakians. Um, a London team would have to have so many British players. So you probably you'd end up seeing Bounds, O'Connor, um, and uh, like four or five of that ilk move into um, to London. Maybe even Kirk if if the HL the NHL dream wasn't to end up happening. If a KHL team was to be in London. Now, that'd be a nice stepping stone as a prestigious league for someone like Liam Kirk to go to. Yeah. So there's that. There's that. I think that'd be the small impact upon the elite league. But if they did it properly, I think they'd end up being some form of mutual benefit for all the teams. Not maybe just the elite league, but obviously the the, the field teams of the the NHL and that. They could do a deal, couldn't they? Can you imagine having... Um, it could be a way to fix playoffs. We have the pointless third v fourth game every Sunday. Can you imagine if they'd sorted it out so that they managed to, to do a deal? Obviously, there'd be two different associations. They did a deal where on the Sunday, instead of a third v fourth game, you had a KHL league game in Nottingham. <laughs> or a KHL exhibition game in Nottingham. London play... CSK Moscow just yes can you imagine the can you imagine how many less people would be sitting in bunkers putting on stupid bets while having a few Sunday morning drinks they're not stupid if they, if you win 
Well, yeah, that's true. But it's yeah, but he's still a stupid bet. <laughs> he's still like winching about his bet from. He is, yeah. He is, yeah. He's not even talking about that. He is, yeah. After we advised him, go this way, he went a different route and lost. I'm not even talking about that. <laughs> but yeah, um, KHL, five, ten years. Yeah, it makes sense to me, actually. I'd like to, I'd say I'd like to see it. I'd like to see it. Um, the last thing that we've got realistically on the agenda is the Winter Classic jerseys, just as a final kind of thing where we always like to talk about what jerseys are nice and what aren't so what uh, what do we think to the Nashville Dallas Winter Classic jersey as a collective probably the worst set of Winter Classic jerseys we've ever had which is a shame because you can see the route that they've tried going down simple classic elegant that style of shirt and the for me they failed Nashville's looks naff boring um, boring Dallas They've just slapped a massive D on the middle of the shirt. Gone with that. And that's it. It's just... It's it's disappointing. When you've seen some of the shirts over the previous years, it's disappointing the, the detail that they could have had on the shirt. I mean, just look at the state of Dallas's gloves as well. That was my main... My main comment was... Those gloves are hideous. That was the first thing that you said to us. <laughs> was yes. And I think they could have done so much better with that jersey for Dallas and well for Nashville as well. But they could have got so more, so much more creative instead of slapping a big D on there, or or just putting like a little. A, a yellow strip and just having the words Nashville Predators on it. It could have been a lot, lot better. I mean, you've seen some of the jerseys that have come out this season so far, some of the, like the fur jerseys, and a lot of them are really nice. And then you got this one, you're like, great. Yeah, I am. Um... I can't disagree. I'm not a fan of either. Um, if I had to pick one, I'd say Dallas. I, I don't really like either of them. Um, is it for the Nashville's big D? Just, the big D. Nashville's is just boring. I just don't... I think Nashville have got a, a really quite a good logo in terms of, you know, like it's... It, a lot of the potential with what they can do with the jersey. And then you look at their retro jerseys and they had those like nice navy blue jerseys with the logo on and then the yellow and the kind of like ice white colour on them. Um, you know, they could bring in some of the countryside of things. If you look on the inside of the collar of a Nashville jersey, it's got a piano around the outside. You know, obviously Nashville, the home of country music. Work something like that into the jersey. Work something more creative into the jersey that isn't just a white jersey with a yellow strip across the front that says Nashville or whatever it is, or yellow. It is that way around, isn't it? White jersey with a yellow strip. Something like that. Yeah. I just lack creativity. It, to me, it looks like a mashup of a Rangers jersey and a St. Pat's jersey, in that it just... Why is it creative to go, right, white jersey, yellow stripe, and then we'll put the, na- the team's name in the middle? Great. I get the sim- I get the idea of it being simple. I get the idea of it being like classic and retro. 
missed the mark there. Yeah. Dallas's, I just, again, I, I agree with you, Gref. I, 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 you said it. Oh, the just don't work. Gloves would work more if the if the shorts were brown, and that would work more to the vintage look. As is now, the 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 shorts appear to be some kind of off white, which I just don't understand. Um, but Dallas just seems to be the opposite. It almost looks as if they've gone. Mm, we haven't really got any ideas. Let's just like slap a load of stuff on a jersey and see if it works. And actually, the answer is no, it doesn't. <laughs> it just, it just doesn't. Um, but hey, hell, well, you know, it, it is what it is. I can't honestly say I, I, there are a lot of winter classic jerseys that I like. I did like the Penguins ones. I thought they were a bit different. Um, the Canadians ones were quite nice. I, I thought. Um, I like the one where they had it was Toronto and Detroit where they were both one was red one was blue obviously for the respective colour but it was both coloured jerseys I like that they were nice uh, as a concept um, yeah but this year's no sorry I just think I mean to be fair last year's I didn't like either last last year's the it was brewing Chicago wasn't it. So it was, it was oh, Bruins. The, it was the, Bruins in the white shirt with the big B on the front, and then Blackhawks did that horrific black jersey with the blacked out logo on. That was that yeah. was awful. I I just I haven't liked that many. It should be more of a Halloween jersey than a Winter Classic. Mm. Yeah, but it probably was. I, to be fair, I think the only real ones recently that I've liked, the Capitals had quite a nice one. When they played the Blackhawks, the red one with the Capitals with a big W on the front, like the Capitals, yeah. that looked nice. Um, Detroit Maple Leafs just looked to me like they were wearing the same jerseys. But well, it worked. But it was that concept of two teams wearing colour. Yeah, that, that I liked. That I liked. But I just thought, again, they could, they could have probably done more with the jerseys. But in oh. terms of the concept of one, like blue v red, rather than having black against white or colour against white I, I did like that and it looked great in the snow mm. I, I, as I say the Montreal one I liked the Pens ones I liked other than that I think that's about it I can't think of any others that I particularly liked I liked ours but okay so I can't see you we played Rangers uh, a few years ago four years ago Cause, yeah because uh, I don't want to see it. Oh, fair play. I can't... Uh, I haven't seen it. Oh, yeah. I just, I just got like a list of Winter Classic jerseys from the last few years, and for some reason that game wasn't on it. What colours? Were they the white ones? Ours was, yeah. White and blue. Well, again, it just, it's like a normal jersey. Which isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's not a bad looking jersey. I just I like it. I just like it when they do something a bit different. That's that's all. I think they try they're trying now to go too simplistic and too classic, and I just don't like it. But um, we've got two last bits on like to go. Uh, that was the last real thing on the agenda. Um, We've got Gref's gift of the gab back today because we don't have Stafford stories. Gref, I think you were just planning on uh, on plugging the All Stars. Am I am I right? You're correct. Yep. 
take it away. Go for it. It's Gresh gifted the gab. Well, as everyone knows, as we did a, a, a mentioned this on the podcast, well, a, a number of times last last few months, especially in August when we played, it was just recently we got the everyone got the it's well, it put out on social media the teams, and you've got myself, Joe. Grant it, and then also Stafford. We're all being selected again for the Red Machine team BHF, which is for us. I'd, I'd probably say it for all of us that it's a great honour. And if people are looking for something to do in the in July, get yourself down to Cardiff and watch some. Some pretty good hockey. I mean, yeah, your first line that's really good. Second line, you'll see Joel do his celebration that everyone hates, but we all love. Yeah, boy. And then your third line, which is which will be a good laugh because you'll see Raz. And you. And you. Yeah, you got, yeah, you got <laughs> me as well. You buy one, you get one free. Exactly. I was going to throw Beto in there, but you know. I mean, watch the blue line. What? <laughs> and don't forget the two goalies. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the beautiful, the, well, obviously the best one as yourself. I mean, you've got, you've got a lot to improve on for next year because, like, <laughs> last year, you were on fire. And you didn't fall down the stairs. Because I'm all these stairs. stairs. That is why. Yeah, that was the best one. That was the best thing. Literally on the on the Friday morning, Raz was outside. He's like, Raz, come here. What's up? Check the car. Why? What's up? What's that? Kit. Just winning at life. Winning at life because you brought your ice hockey kit to an yes. ice hockey team. See what happened last time we were in Cardiff. Hey, in, you know, every cloud that I got some to wear some pretty decent pads. Every cloud. Every so, cloud. Yeah, uh, 24th, 26th of July. It was an absolute nightmare putting the teams together, but the teams are out. Um, looking forward to the concept of the Barbarians. Uh, loads of little charities, different ones. None of the regular ones. You know, there was a few rumoured uh, that people just spill into that. No, there's literally all um, different great causes that are being supported through the Barbarians. Um. Yeah, look forward to it. Should be a great weekend as ever. Um, and we're going to raise more money for charity. Go us. Go us. I mean, I think we've set the bar as well, though. Fourth place last year. Yeah, no. She's unheard of. For... <laughs> Especially going undefeated on the side. We're all sat down after. Like, what's going on here? We've not lost a game today. What? All Consid- the considering our only win the previous year was the last game. It was the seventh and eighth game. <laughs> Brilliant. No, I, I can only echo what these guys have said. It's a, a great weekend to go to. Feel free to bring a big group of you and make Block 13 a standing zone. We will uh, 
we will direct our thanks to everybody in the arena so it won't be specifically at block 13 but um no forget that we want to see block 13 red bhf red this podcast is telling you how get to 13 make it bhf red aren't the seats red a maroonish color oh bleed maroon well that's that's fine and acceptable that's also acceptable but yeah no it's it's a great weekend it's a great weekend to go down and watch we've had a, um, a fair few guys come down that haven't been playing that have thoroughly enjoyed themselves um big shout out to kevin that respect to be fair because i think he books a week off work on either side of all stars and really fully throws himself into just the weekend as a whole um and one thing we need to do as a collective fall, we need, and maybe we need to put this out to the listeners. It's actually a bit of a fundraising dare. Get some ideas to 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 get the coin in. You know, we've done shit of hurt. It was us three and uh, Michael Anderson. Uh, that uh, that was actually quite successful. I think we brought in about two and a half grand. Member says right. Um, yeah, I ended up having to wear a Boston shirt for the full weekend, which was. Panther shirt. Look, Greff looked great. Greff looked great in his shirt. Davy Phillips Sheffield Steelers jersey sat in the star block. Was that not the shirt that also materialised on my stag do? Yes, it yep. was. <laughs> <laughs> so um, and Raswell the uh, the Islanders shirt. So we we'll put out you know people listening. Give us some ideas. Give us some you know something that we can do to push the boundaries, bring coins in. Yeah, always looking for ideas. It'd be good to be able to do some kind of my fancy Zamboni group fundraising push, um, help us raise more money for for BHF. So that'd be, that'd be a good idea. It'd be uh, interesting to see if we can do that. Um, does anybody have anything else to add on that? Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna close it out on All Stars then by saying we gave a shout out to Kev. Um, to say how much he throws himself into it to show how good a weekend it is as a whole for people to go down and watch, not just for the players. What? Little boy. Yeah, little boy. No, there's there's one specific person who I also know listens to the podcast as well, who I feel needs to get a shout out to just show just how much you need to immerse yourself into the weekend and go and enjoy yourself. Uh, is is a Mr. Michael Caldwell, um, who went down and <laughs> was. <laughs> Pretty inactive after the Thursday night of drinking, shall we say, (laughs) until the Sunday when he ended up going back on the train replacement bus. Yes. (laughs) So, yeah, we've had a number of people that have gone down and enjoyed themselves without being a part of the weekend as in playing. Definitely worthwhile going. You don't have to play to be a part of it. Everyone ends up being as one. You have a great feel afterwards of you've raised money for charity. You get to meet a load of friends. You get to have a beer with friends. You do good. Just one. You know, just one. What just happens? one. Yeah. What, you get to meet new friends. What? 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 What's wrong with that? That's yeah. If you need that kick in the summer for the hockey, there you go. Viola Arena, 24th, 26th of July. Yeah. Some would say more prestigious than the Challenge Cup. I, I think it's the best game at the, the Viola Arena in 2020. Like this year's was the best game in 2019. Very true. I, I, and in fairness, the goal is in red. The best saves made in 2019 was in July of goals were in red. Just that weekend in July. And it'll be the same in 2020. Can't confirm. Yeah, nothing more to add. 
So that ends um, Gress Gift of the Gab. We will hopefully have some uh, interesting stories of Stafford's trip home today. Uh, whatever he's been doing, we will uh, hopefully get a story of that. Hopefully Stafford will be back with us next week. Um, last thing on the agenda, gents. Predictions. <laughs> so, I predict we're going to do terribly. We, we don't have the stats. Time. We don't have the numbers. All we know is it wasn't good. Um, we'll leave it at that. <laughs> we'll draw a line under it. And then we'll Thanks. probably do the same this week. Thanks, uh, yeah. uh, so the first game that we've got Saturday the 9th is Dundee Manchester in Dundee I'll kick it off, we'll go Gref, Dave then me yeah, Well I'm going Manchester then What a surprise Dundee I'm going to go Manchester Oh thank you It's alright mate, do you know every so often I just like to make you smile um, Cardiff v Sheffield in Cardiff I'm going to say Cardiff. Cardiff. Yeah, no Valorant, no Davies. Hard to look past Cardiff, so I'll go Devils as well. Um, Nottingham, Belfast in Nottingham. Belfast. Belfast. Full house for Belfast on that one. Uh, Glasgow, five in Glasgow. Uh, Glasgow. Glasgow. Full out for Glasgow on that one. Uh, and then finally on the Saturday, a Challenge Cup game, the last one that we mentioned earlier, Coventry v Guildford in Coventry. Uh, Guildford. Coventry. Yeah, I'm with you on this one, Dave. I think Coventry have got more to play for. Um, Guildford are set in their position, so Coventry for me. Um... Sunday the 10th Nottingham Belfast in Nottingham again I'm going to say Nottingham I'm going to go Nottingham as well I'm going to go Belfast uh, Five Dundee in Fife Dundee Five. Five for me as well Coventry Glasgow in Coventry Coventry. Glasgow. Glasgow for me as well. Manchester, Sheffield in Manchester. Hmm. Obviously, we all know what's going to happen. Manchester. And you still are going to pick Sheffield. Well, I weren't. I was actually leaning towards... No, I wasn't. Sheffield. (laughs) See? I'm going to say Manchester, actually, so... We may have got rid of Cantor, but it's still hard to look past well, the loss last time round. You are Panther Joe after all, so you know. Well, you know, I haven't said Nottingham, actually. You guys said Nottingham. Thank you very much. Um, Going against your team, you're all right. I know. Uh, Guildford, Cardiff. Not in- a true fan. <laughs> Hashtag not a true fan. Um, yeah, Guildford, Cardiff in Guildford. What a plastic fan he is. Um, I guess say Cardiff. Cardiff. Cardiff, mate. I, I, I have a feeling if there's any game where Cardiff are going to throw us under the bus with the predictions, I suspect it might be that one, but yeah. Um, last week, so, you know, what was another week about friends? True. Wasn't that, wasn't last week's against Guildford? No, five. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, that was it. Um, Glasgow, Cardiff, 
in Glasgow on Wednesday the 13th is the last one I'm going to say because obviously we record on Thursdays. Glasgow. They legitimately looks uncomfortable making this decision. Greg, <laughs> <laughs> you can back me up on this. Dave actually looks really uncomfortable trying to He does. <laughs> Was that Cardiff? He's in a cock's turning. So be stupid. Guess Cardiff. Uh, I'm going to say Glasgow. I'm going to move on that one. So, that brings the predictions to an end. It brings... Another episode to an end, I think, gents. Unless anybody's got anything to add, I think we're pushing two and a half hours today. So, um, back on form after a couple of hour long episodes. Yeah, it comes back and directs everything. But obviously, we've mentioned a few times the the ways in which people can get in touch with us via social media. We have indeed. We've got uh, at, my, at MFZ Podcast on Twitter, My Fancy Zamboni Podcast on Facebook. Get in touch with us, as Dave said already. Questions that you've got that you want us to address. Um, if you think we're wrong, tell us, please, because the chances are we probably are. Um, if you disagree with what we've said about the bands, let us know. Um, gives us other things to talk about. Gives us other ideas. It's always nice to get an outside opinion. So get in touch with us for anything like that. Um, other than that, gents, I think I think we're about done. Yeah, sounds. So, Gref, you... you um, you welcomed us, so I will let you uh, do the outro. Ah, so so generous. Oh, well, uh, you know. To a fault. But, yeah. But it was it was nice for you to turn up after being away for two weeks around the UK. Thank you. Don't, don't know where you, you, you mentioned about seeing Vegas. Don't know what you're on about. You saw yeah, it, was, it, was, it was a secret global series game. They were actually playing out of Dumfries. So, yeah. <laughs> it was great for you to turn up. I try. I try. But, to, be, to be fair, I think you'll find actually the thing keeping me going right now is jet lag. Because in my head, it's, it's about... Well, I don't even know what time. 4 p.m.? 6 o'clock in the afternoon, something like that. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, prime time. Thank you for actually... But yeah, apart from obviously turning up, thank you for taking part. It's no problem. It's it's not the winning on predictions, it's the taking part that counts. Obviously. I mean and also just also just the need to stress do not place any bets on our on our on our, <laughs> our predictions. Oh no. And as always, thank you to Mr David Grant as well. Thank you very much, Mr. Gareth Dutton. Thank you, Joe, for um, making a guest appearance. Thanks for people who've got this far. Well done, because you really shouldn't do. Um, To be fair, I suspect most people will have got to five minutes in today and gone, actually, no. Do you know what? Forget (laughs) this one this week. The back to normal, delirious lot. Nah, sod that. Um, Hope Andy's better for next week. We'll have the the four of us back together. Um, Yeah. So, yes, thank you very much, Graf. No problem. And thank you to everyone listening. Morning or night or even in the evening or even while stuck in on the motorway or metal hall as such. Stay safe. See you later.